And we're back. I'm James. This is the Goose Fan Podcast. I'm Luke. I'm Mike. And I'm Brent. I'm James. Hey, how about that game? <laughs> I think that uh, is a pretty good synopsis of how everyone feels. That's actually what the Mo Club sounded a lot like later that night. James, where'd you watch the game? Lake Mary Ronan. Lake Mary Ronan. Lake Mary Ronan is like the spot to watch Grizz games, right? Mount Meadows Lodge. <clears throat> we were camping, and um, we were the several families, and so they the, the kids watched the first half with us, and then they went back up to camp. And apparently, my wife was the only one that had cell service, so all the little boys James's age were like <laughs> gathered around the cell phone, watching the game, and they had Riley on in. Um, all over the camper speakers. And uh, she texted me and said, you guys got pretty loud when they won. <laughs> was that was that pretty fun? Mm-hmm. What's your biggest takeaway from the UW game? You know what I, you know what I think it should be? Mm-hmm. That defense is important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Says the kid who spent the entire football practice on offense today. <laughs> What you position are you playing in football right now, James? Tight end. Tight end, huh? Okay. Do you just tower over other kids? Nope. Nope. Okay. Climb the ladder, catch the ball, pancake some. Yeah, you, you get to, like, hit guys when you come off the line, right? Sometimes. <laughs> I played some tight end. High five. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> All right. James, uh, what do you think about the Western Illinois game this week? Who's winning? Quiz, please. All right. Anything else you want to talk about? We're going undefeated at home. Wow. I like it. I really <laughs> like your confidence. I at least won a 10-game win streak because we had seven last year. All right. Did we have seven the last regular season? Seven. A seven-game win streak last year? At home. Oh, home game. Yeah. Gotcha. Oh, yeah. We haven't lost at home since. Did we lose at home last in 2019? I don't think we did lose at home in 2019, did we? I actually trust James. On so the last, <laughs> I was going to say, I believe this. Last home loss was... To the neighbors in 2018, right? Yeah, that, that would Boo, be Boo, neighbors. Boo. I'm pulling up the schedules. So that's probably right. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> hey, anything else, bud? Uh, All right. Thanks. Thanks, dude. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> so, guys, um, <laughs> did not see that coming. <laughs> How fun was that? <laughs> I mean... You know, this is something I want to get into in a little bit, but I mean, like, it was, it's up there in my Grizz moments, right? I mean, Wellnell getting that interception was like one of those, oh my God moments. Yeah, absolutely. Jumping up and down, screaming and shouting and running around the house, tackling my kids. (laughs) I mean, it was, it was incredible. It was really incredible. I watched the game from the press box. And it felt like we won a national championship. I mean, strangers are chest bumping each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People are going around high fiving like every table. Uh, it was so fun, <laughs> like just fist pumping. It was fascinating. I, I saw. I can't remember where I saw it. I feel like I saw it on Instagram or something. And someone was talking about like what is the more significant win, Did Washington or the nineteen ninety five national championship? And I think anyone would say. The '95 championship because that started us on and the path we are today. That's I mean that's what we play for. Yeah, and it, yes, yeah. And, but it's like I think it's kind of funny because P- 
people still talk about App State beating Michigan probably more than oh, yeah. that App State won what three national championships in a row. So it's almost like you've got to put them in sectors because like yeah. for the program, for the program, it's 95. like you got to say that the national championships ninety five and two thousand one. Yep. You know that's the point. You play to win a championship. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as like games that are impactful to the program, you know we got to wait and see what this game does. But games that are impactful to the university, I don't think there's ever been one. No. Because what I was trying to to um, kind of think about, and I wish that somebody smarter than me could find somebody on Twitter to ask this question to, um, and I asked Eric Tabor to put a number on it. But yeah. What do you think the value in dollars of the exposure UM has gotten since the final uh, – or actually during the game when we were trending on Twitter. Right. Um, you know, what do you think the dollar value of that exposure is? I think that's a really hard thing to tease out. But I do know that there's been a lot of uh, research done on how football program success yeah. translates into student enrollment. And obviously it's going to translate into some recruiting power, Yep. you know, for future classes. Uh, so I think the answer kind of is if the university, if the Grizzlies, excuse me, um, continues on and has a very good season, deep playoff run, that in combination with, you know, the upset of the year, I mean, it's worth way more than the bonus that Bobby gets for beating them. (laughs) I mean, we know what game they're going to talk about on Selection Sunday on the TV show. Yep. You know, when they whatever seed or whatever playoff position the Grizz get, knock on wood, I hope we make it. Yeah, feels yep. like we probably should, but you know, long season. <laughs> yeah, um, th- that's gonna be the game they talk about, right? You know, and they'll open with that, regardless yeah. of who we beat. Absolutely, from there. Um, kind of teaser for the rest of the episode. Our guest is gonna be Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz. Hell yeah, was there? Good get, guys. Yeah, absolutely. That wasn't on me. That was on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I want to ask him that question when he gets here in a little bit, just kind of like. You know, how do you put a value on this and, and kind of where does it rank? Because I think he'll have an interesting perspective as well. I also am now secretly rooting for UW to run the table. Absolutely. That way they're like, you know, on Selection Sunday or whatever, they're talking to or, like number 13 Washington, you know. <laughs> right. Like, how do you rank a team that runs the table after a loss to an FCS team? I think Mick Delaney, the, the player, the former, uh, the grandson of Coach Mick Delaney had tweeted something earlier today saying that if Washington beats Michigan, he's going to become the most annoying person on Twitter for the next week. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see Saturday. I'm going to guess Michigan's probably favored in that game, right? I would imagine that that's just kind of by by rule Vegas has to do that. (laughs) Wow. Just improbable day. Uh, Just thinking about, like, because I was going to go to the game. And I decided not to. Yeah, me too. Because last time we got crushed, and Luke, you were there too. We were all there. Yeah, that's right. And I just, you know, I I figured we'd be a lot more respectable. Right. But I think I told somebody Saturday morning, like forty two fourteen. I was I was telling people that they would beat us by however much they wanted to beat us by. <laughs> because I, I have a theory that I'm going to throw throw out later that is going to sort of uh, be rejected by this next observation. But one of the reasons why I thought it was going to be so lopsided uh, against us was how many starters that UW returned. Yeah. 
It's l- crazy. L- nuts. Like, and in the trenches, too. The whole O-line. In theory, that O-line, <clears throat> and the D-line, too, but that O-line should be the best O-line we've faced in years. Yep. And the Grizz D handled it. Yeah, I just got goosebumps, and it's not because we're outside on Mike's patio. <laughs> Sunset, it's getting cold now. We're still nursing this. It's nice out, but it is. Uh, it's now dark, and the temperature's dropping. We have a coat out for Riley. Um, More importantly, we've got a bunch of beers to keep us warm. Yes. Absolutely, which Always I got. I got to grab one of those. What do you want? Grab a beer. The Hellgate Hef, right there. What the yeah. Hellgate Hef are you doing? Oh, I got a beer in your oh hand. man. There we go. That is. There we go. That's uh, too much. I don't know that I can handle that. <laughs> um, so obviously we're going to talk a ton more about this game, um, and kind of I, everything that is involved in it. But any any last quick things before we jump into our normal uh, stuff? Okay. So here's my theory. Yeah. And I don't I don't know how I feel about this. I've ran this by a couple people. Um, I think that we we are about to see a stretch of probably two maybe three years of the best fcs football we've ever seen all around yep and i think it's because we have all these players that would have graduated but got a covid redshirt year yep mm-hmm. and so you know there's always this if you look at any class of seniors there's going to be some that you wish you could retain for one more year there's going to be some that you're probably ready for them to graduate right and we're keeping all of the ones that we want, uh, except Samari Tori. But that's right. kind of the rare. Exception. But he tweeted out he was he was watching the game. That I was like awesome. I like that he was giving us love. Yep. You know, like he's <laughs> yep. I want him. I want him to feel he had a big game himself. He did, and I, I love to see him kind of <laughs> showing those Nebraska fans. Oh, like, gosh. hey, you know, Grizz are you know they're they're my team. Yeah. I, I enjoyed seeing he's, that. He's probably but, their best receiver. But Luke, you're oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but you're spot on. Like, we've got six classes in five years, and, like, you take a guy like Xavier Harris. I mean, technically, as far as, like, eligibility goes, he's a true freshman. Mm-hmm. Like, he could play only four games and redshirt and have four more years after this year. But he was on campus all last year. He played those two spring games. Yep. So, you know, it's like you can't like you can't put a price tag on that. Right. And And then... We have all these FBS teams, right? Like, they routinely lose their best players regardless yeah. of the COVID year. They're going to the NFL, right? And so I think the delta or the the differential between uh, Big Sky com- or like FCS level and FBS level is going to be as small as it's been in a very long time for the next few years. And you can kind of see this play out because we had multiple Big Sky Conference teams upset FBS schools and... In our conference. In our conference, right? Yeah, and a couple more come close. So, uh, you know, it's it's still... I'm not trying to diminish the shine from what we accomplished because, you know, you can... What was this, the fifth time an FCS school has knocked off a ranked, ranked yeah, fifth, yeah. FBS team? Yep. Um, but I just think that we are... As fans, you got to be pretty excited because I think we're going into a little epoch of great football for the next few years. And, and I mean, you can also look too. It'd be interesting to see how many FCS players have suddenly become high round draft picks. And of course, 
never want to give props to NDSU too much, right? But how many of their quarterbacks have been drafted in a like first or second? I mean, they've, it's like they've got more quarterbacks in the league than anybody else. Yeah, and so I think <laughs> I don't think that's completely true, but it's probably not far off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so you've got, and I mean, you've got, and, and it's interesting as well too, where you've you, we're seeing Eastern Washington has a couple have sent, sent two very good wide receivers to the NFL. We've got uh, South Coast uh, Goddard from. South Dakota State, and so it's like this kind of northwest pocket, and of course, you know, all the NDSU kids, the linemen, and the and court, you know, Trey Lance and Carson Wentz, and you name it, you name it. And so, um, just it's suddenly like the FCS is suddenly, and especially the top tier programs within it are showing, like, like South Dakota State showed on Saturday, you don't have to go to Colorado State. You don't have to play at like some kind of mid-tier FBS to to get noticed and be a high-round draft pick anymore. And so I, you, we're starting to see more of these kids, you know, look at other yeah. programs. And then the fascinating thing, after the Washington loss, or after Washington lost to us, there was a lot of people on very angry Husky fans on Twitter that were saying they should no longer recruit from the Northwest, the Pacific Northwest, that they should go other places and get kids from further out. And so I was quick to point out to a few that our team is mostly made up of kids from the Northwest yeah. and the Pacific please Northwest. Please stop and recruiting the Pacific so, yes, Northwest. Please we'll stop. take those guys. <laughs> we'll take those kids, absolutely. So I, you're, I, I think you know that ability to get noticed is it's not like a rare find like it used to be. It seems to be growing more and more. And then when you have three big sky schools beat three fbs schools in one week but i mean we usually have like one win like every couple other years or something it's usually eastern washington beating some crappy at mountain west school or something but that's good for the conference it's great this is the one i really didn't see coming and i i really think there's there's two other factors it's easier to be discovered at the fcs level now just due to uh technology the the ability to share large files like instantaneously and two i think the consolidation of power at the fbs level into the power five yep has made the bottom half fbs teams way worse than they've historically ever been oh absolutely i mean and and so like mike I'm, i'm interrupting mike here um i think you look at the top 20 FCS programs I, th- I kind of think they should be favorites against the bottom you know half maybe bottom well, quintile of F- FCS or FBS you know it's programs. an interesting conversation because I, I don't think anybody was surprised that Eastern beat UNLV I mean I expected <laughs> Eastern to beat UNLV because UNLV is terrible <laughs> you know um, anyway so that's kind of our, our lead in here let's do a, couple, a little bit of house cleaning real quick um, Grizz Fan Podcast is uh proud to be friends with the uh, Montana Mint um, and part of the Big Sky Podcast Network. Um, The Mint has several other podcasts to check out. Um, The Montana Mint Sports Pod, uh, Bro Take Nate, and uh, uh, Bear Tycoon, you know, they took the entire COVID off. So they didn't do a show for a year and a half, but they did one last week. So it's like, you know, it was a good show way to get off your butts. It was a good show. Um, so check them out on the Montana mint sports feed. Um, they also have a couple others, Montana murder mysteries, uh, notorious and unsolved with author, Brian D'Ambrosia. Um, was great. I actually listened Mm -hmm. to that. Those are good. Um, and the Montana trivia championship. Did you compete in the Montana trivia championship, Luke? No. 
Were they worried that you were going to uh, win the whole thing? I'm the Ken Jennings of Montana. I was going to say you okay. would have been a ringer for that. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I because with all the Big Sky Big Takes, I, I was expecting to get asked for that. Not that I'm like great at Montana trivia, and then like their the guests were like. This guy's a historic retired historian with blah blah blah. I was like, oh my god, I'm glad I wasn't on that. Yeah, they were terrible. They weren't calling Montana mid-sports. No, hosts. they were. They were calling like real experts. Yeah, I'd be really good at just random taverns across eastern Montana. <laughs> if yeah. that's what the uh, you would, yeah. <laughs> you would. Did they rank pizza parlors in every county a couple of years ago? And you were you were a contributor to that. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's enough of that. Um, Big win this week, so when there's a big win, we got to go big on the pod. Yeah, and uh, we were able to uh, uh, nail down Riley Corcoran and have him join us out on my back porch here. He just he just slipped in from the street. It's crazy. In the shadows. It's this guy walking down the street. We just waved at him. I love this it atmosphere. Riley. It's almost like a you know like a live pod where your neighbors could just spin into the backyard. Yeah, I mean, who knows who's going to stop by? <laughs> Grass is a little long again. Every time we record, I point that out. But you know, Riley, welcome to the pod. Thanks, guys. I mean, it's great to do this in person. I know we did it what at the end of spring, and it was on Zoom. And I'm making sure that my Zoom doesn't buffer or anything like that it's great to actually crack a beer open by the way a couple of minutes ago if you heard that, that crack, that was me <laughs> i'm fully responsible for that but uh i just came from the press box i truly think i mean number one i love my job i think i might have the best job around but number two my work office is great because i look over <laughs> washington grizzly stadium at the 37 yard line so i just came from that and my gosh i mean we're still riding the high from what happened on saturday I truly feel like the effects of this have just been tenfold, right? I mean, and we're a couple days after the fact, and the buzz, the excitement, the national attention, it's all here, and it's so much fun to be a part of it. So let's start right there, because obviously we want to get your thoughts on the atmosphere and what it was like to be there. I mean, you know, everything you've probably talked about a million times already, but uh, um, we were kind of talking about, like, can you put a number, like a dollar value on the amount of exposure that this – win has brought the university of montana honestly i mean you really can't put a number on it i i can just tell you that this spike in grizz athletics analytics mm-hmm. personal analytics everything i mean we're talking 500 percent or more yeah i mean wow. just as far as the eyeballs and the numbers and this is not me beating my chest by any stretch of the imagination but just to show you guys in the start of the fourth quarter to about a half hour after the game, I had over 200 texts yep. just coming in, whether they were listening or like, oh my gosh, this is happening. That was amazing. Can you believe it? All of those all of those things, it was so cool to be a part of, and you cannot put a price on it because I mean, the exposure nationally, I mean, we know this, and I'm sure we're going to get into it as far as wins where it ranks in school history. I mean... I would right. I would say there too, number three. But that would also mean this is the best regular season win in the history of Grizzly football. Mm, and if you point. put that put that in perspective, that's the true assessment of where this is. Whether than trying to write, oh, is it better than a national title or not? I don't think that's the argument here. It's more this is the greatest regular season win in be. Montana Grizzly history, and that makes a statement. Yeah, yeah. as a standalone game. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, the other regular season wins like to get you to the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. I mean. They're different criteria, but this is one. People on Twitter do this. So followers, if you find somebody, tweet at them and see if they will do it. Because this is the sort of thing that those people eat up. And I've got to think it's in the millions of the dollars at this point. You know, I, I was going to say millions. I didn't want to be bombastic right away. But yeah, I would say, yeah. If traffic is up 500% on the website, that alone is... 
I mean, that's, yeah. It's like a free advertisement yeah. when ESPN runs the highlight on, you know, primetime television. What would you pay to get two minutes? And Jesse Palmer's giving us a sticker on the postgame Bingo. show. And I mean, and we're, know, like, we're getting tagged by t-shirt companies on Twitter selling, mir- what do they call it, the shocker in Seattle. Officially licensed, I checked. Yes, officially I like licensed. Yes. What I love too, though, is every time they're promoing Washington and Michigan on ABC primetime next week, Man, can you believe Washington? What happened in week one? They lost to Montana right there. That's a lot of exposure in of itself. And they're going to talk about that so many times during that game. We really hope Washington comes back and pounds Michigan. See, this stinks. This is a backstory here, but as a Coug grad, it sucks. But I am. I'm going to have to root for Washington. As much as I enjoyed, and I enjoyed every second of that Saturday in Seattle. But now I have to root for the Huskies this year. And it's going to kind of pay me a little bit, but you know what? The Grizz are number one. So, I mean, I will I will root for the dogs this year as much as it's going to be painful for me. Man. So, tell us about the game. I mean, obviously, we were all there last time. 17. And we all decided not to go. Did, did you guys stay for the whole game? <laughs> I did. I stayed for every second. And I'm superstitious, so I kind of believe if I'd been there, they would have lost. I don't think they would have won the game with me there. Um, but you, obviously, you know, it's your job. So, you can't really have that superstition. you got to show up. Uh, tell us what it was like, especially as the game went on and we're still in it. Th- that's a great question. That's, go well, ahead, Luke. Actually, I want to know, tr- like, I mean, try to be super candid about this. What was the team like before the game? Because Good question. You, Good just don't, you just don't fall bass backwards into the mentality that uh, upsets a, a ranked FBS team. You have to come in with that mentality. Yeah, like at halftime, they weren't and just like, holy shit, we could actually are, do this. Are you watching these players being like, they're crazy. Like, what do they think they're about to get into? Well, in a way, yes. Because in 43 years of the FBS-FCS split, it's happened four times. Mm-hmm. Four times out of 355 games. Now five. And now five. So, but what I can tell you from the behind-the-scenes approach is it's crazy, guys. They believed it. All week. All week. I go to, I sit down with Coach Houck every Saturday morning for our pregame interview. And before we hit record, I go, all right, tell me, you know, starting who's not starting, late scratches. Then I go, so what do you really think? I mean, what what do we have to do? What do you think? And he goes, I'm telling you guys, you're going to think I'm crazy. I think we can win this game. And that was at 8.30 on Saturday morning. I felt the confidence throughout the week, right? And, and everything oh, yeah. that you go back and listen to now, if you went back and listened to podcasts, coaches, shows, interviews, everything, there was never the word underdog mentioned, right? There was never like, okay, yeah, we hope we can compete. It was, and that's the Bobby Houck mentality that we all love. And that's the reason, to me, why they won that game. There was never a shadow of doubt in that locker room that they were going to win. As far as, for me, my personal standpoint, people thought I was crazy when I said, I think we can keep it within two scores. Mm-hmm. I'll admit, I mean, I wanted us to win, but I 27-13? Yeah. Like, I said that, and people were like, you're crazy. You're a homer. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> but that would have been a great performance, yeah, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I thought for sure it would be a lower-scoring game. I had a feeling our defense would be good. But that good? That good, but, guys? But, but, yeah. Cover Man. cover the spread good? You know? I mean, <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, in every, every form or fashion. It See, was... It I'm, w- s- I'm starting to refer to Bobby as a general, not a coach. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like, you know, and the parallels are there, and I'm not the first, like, person to make them, or maybe I even appropriated these, but, you know, you take, like, 18 to 22-year-old men, like, the same age as, like kids like straight into the military right and you and you break them down you train them up and you instill them with a warrior's confidence 
and you go to battle, I mean, we're using allegory here, right? Mm -hmm. With the confidence that you are the baddest presence on the face of the earth, right? And I kind of like, after watching this game, I'm like, they knew they were going to win and they did it. These guys aren't a football team. They're they're warriors and Bobby's a general. Let's take the, <laughs> that's a great analogy. Let's take the 30,000 foot view of this thing. Part of the reason why they chose to do what they did in the spring was based off how he felt about this team. And he told the locker room that. We are, if you want to use the word sacrifice or not, that's fine. We're sacrificing this 2020 spring season or 2021 spring season. because we, Yes, exactly. Because we feel that we are a national title contender. And he had everyone in the locker room believing and looking at September 4th. September 4th was Washington. There yeah. was belief all the way through it. From my personal standpoint, as the first half played out, I was cautiously optimistic, right? And then at halftime at 7-3, to three, I'm thinking, man, Washington's offense is flustered. They they don't they don't have this funk figured out, yep. which is the Grizzly defense, the the disguised pressures, the everything that that three three five stack brings. Yeah. And then at halftime, as is well chronicled by now, how came on our halftime yep. show, and the final question was, what was your message in the locker room? And he said that the Montana Grizzlies are the best team on this football field. And I looked at Greg at that moment, and I and I whispered to him, not that it could go over there. I said, we're gonna win. <laughs> Right there. So for me, it flipped yep. from yeah. being able to compete to win. Well, and when they got that first stop in the third quarter, I, I truly believe they could. Well, you know, it's like at that point, you're kind of playing with house money. Because it's yeah. like you go in and you have you go toe-to-toe and you shut them down on defense for a half. It's like every goal that you could have hoped to realistically accomplish, you've accomplished. And now it's like just go out there and have fun. But Hauk in QB Club, which was awesome last night. I mean, he that was, was so he cool. was in true <laughs> so cool. rare form, and it was just awesome. So, gogrizz.com slash QB club. Well worth your time. Uh, and if you join this week, I think they got a we cool got a thing. Sunday brunch. Yeah, Sunday yeah. brunch this Seriously, week. I heard yeah. about that. We have yeah. to move our TV show. Thanks, guys. <laughs> no, I mean, no, that'll, that'll be fine. That'll but yeah, be so great. check that out. Gogrizz.com slash QB club. But anyway, he showed a play in the second quarter, and this is why I love QB club, because they show you film that the guys don't, that the TV just doesn't show you. And they showed it was Beaver and McGinnis. McGinnis taking a UW D lineman 15 yards down the field and like pile driving him yeah. way away from the play. <laughs> and it was just like, oh my God. And Bobby's like, that is the moment I knew we broke their will and we're going to win. And he told us that the week before where he said, we need a moment to show that we can, that we can play and like that we can put the fear into them. Of who we are. And it was funny because, like, right, he shows us the clip at first. It's a two-yard run or something. And he's like, watch. And there goes the end zone, the all-22. It was, I mean, it was hilarious to see. And, I, yeah, they're the Washington guys are mad and trying to get a flag. And McGinnis has his hands up in the air. A bunch of whiners <laughs> on the but, but think about this, though, guys. The mindset. Yeah. To instill that mindset in everyone. Yeah. In the middle of the second quarter to basically say, wow. You know, we, we can do this. Yeah, I mean, that that comes from the top down. And that was – I agree. That was the moment of who the heck are these guys? Yeah. And, and when Bobby said that at Quarterback Club the previous week, right. I was looking for it. And believe it or not, so our radio booths are right next to the Washington guys. Sure. And there's a clear glass window. So we could see their whole reaction the whole time. And I love Tony Castricone. I jumped on with him last week. He's the voice of the Huskies. But he had a couple moments where he looked at me and went, what in the hell is going on? Who are you guys? And I felt it eight floors up at Husky Stadium, 
And you know that echoed down on the field, too. I mean, it was a moment, and I would say early to mid-second quarter was kind of the, okay, this isn't a normal FBS-FCS right, game. Right, right, right. In, in the... In like the movie, oh, first in the movie made about this Grizz season, <laughs> and I don't, I don't care about jinxes when we when win the national championship. <laughs> We're playing, replaying this game. I want to know first, Riley, who plays you? <laughs> oh God! <laughs> was this was this a Egris or Twitter no, question? No, no, by no, the no. Way? no. Okay, Luke, Luke could write all this. Okay, this is how I think on the Luke's fly. Rolling. Okay, okay. But two, I think while while you think about that. I think that that's a moment. Is you're in the booth with the with the glass between you guys, and there's a lot of nonverbals going on between you and the Husky crew as they're like realizing that this is not their game anymore. Like in the movie Miracle, where he looks over and the Russian coach and they lock eyes, and then they don't. The Russian coach doesn't know it's, what to do. That's, that's ex- that moment. That's that, the that moment. moment is making the is making the 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 movie. Okay, now Riley, you've had a minute. Who plays you? Who plays me? So this is weird. So you're asking a younger guy who's going to play me. So I can't pick anyone younger than me. So I am, for the lack of any other better example, I'm picking Brent Musburger to play me. Oh, my God. Yeah. We're going to have to. Yeah. This is going to be like, what was that CGI, cartoon? Dude. I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm trying to think. Like, I don't. I, what any actor, actor. What actor? What about, like. Uh, Give um, me some examples. Who like, play me? Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> First of all, uh, all right, Twitter world, you you have your next like Transformer assignment. Tell, tell us who plays Riley. I want, the, uh... I want to see Scott Eastwood play. Ooh, okay. Yeah. I'm good with all of that. So, good anyway, with... circling back from Sorry. Luke here. Sorry. <laughs> but you know, like in the Ted Lasso sense, with the three guys in the bar, like that's us here, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Perfect. It's, it's exactly Anything right. Ted Lasso, I'm down page. with. Yeah. So anyway, Riley. So. You got that halftime, which that quote is awesome. Yeah. And I was listening. I was watching it. I was camping. So we were at a bar with a couple buddies and families and stuff like that. Everybody else was kind of Grizz fans, but not to the extent that we were. And at the end of the game, like, we were screaming so loud. And then I looked around, and, like, everybody else is kind of more of a casual fan. And I was like, ah, whatever. Um, <laughs> but uh, so we're out there, and I know what my setting was. Like, both these guys – Brent was watching at home with his family. And some friends. Uh, Luke was at the press box. Um, what's How's it changing? Obviously, we halftime, we're all pumped. They, they go on that great drive. They score, you know, get ahead finally. T- t- walk us through the third and fourth quarter and kind of like, what's it like there? For me in the third quarter was kind of when the narrative switched, right? Bobby said that a minute before we started the third quarter. And you're and, – What's a normal fan thinking, right? Adjustments. Okay, Washington's going to wake up. Yeah. Right? That, that's fine. Bobby, by him saying that, first off, proved to me that our experienced coaching staff felt like they couldn't make the adjustments necessary, that we felt that we were going to make adjustments better. We all know the second half dominance, right, of what happened in 2019. Guess what? It carried over even on the biggest yep. stage against Washington, outscoring them 10 to nothing. We were number one in the country in 2019 in second half differential. Well, guess what? That continued because of our coaching staff making those adjustments. We can't underestimate, uh, underemphasize enough this coaching staff it's, and, and it's what they do. It's got to be the most experienced coaching staff it in the is. FCS, right? Uh, I mean, over it has 200 to be. years, seven of the 12 are UM grads. You have Ronnie Bradford who played in the NFL. I mean, the list just goes on and Both on. Both coordinators on. have had success at, at the FBS level. Coaching for 49 I mean, years. Yeah, <laughs> 
49 years. <laughs> and and guys, this is a shameless plug, but the Inside the Den podcast, check it out. Oh, good. Please. It's on my list. So let's do it right now. Yeah. yeah. I got, I mean, and assistant coaches don't talk during the season. And that's just out of a, a respect thing. Coach Hauk and whatnot. I get that. I mean, they're busy. They're grinding. Kent Bear sat down with me for 10 minutes. And it nice. is gold for any Grizz fan because Kent Bear has been doing this a long time. And he ranked it number one. So where can they find it? Inside the Den podcast. GoGrizz.com slash Inside the Den or any of your favorite platforms, whether it's Apple, iTunes, Spotify, any of that. Just search Inside the Den. Inside you'll the find Den. it. It's episode four. It was released on Monday. It's Coach Hauk, some highlights, Coach Bear, and Greg Sundberg and I just kind of reliving what happened. And and honestly, I said it a lot during the podcast, but just chronicling Grizzly history, right? I mean, this is a game mm-hmm. where I feel that 10 years from now, people might go back and be like, what was that like after mm-hmm. the game? That was the kind of the vision I had when we wanted to create it on that Labor Day Monday. But as far as back to your question about how it felt, third quarter, I was looking at Greg and I said, if we stop him on the first possession, then I really believe in Bobby. I mean, I believe the yeah. whole time, right? But at the same time, when we made that three and out, Dylan Morris, who had looked flawless, he is a guy that just doesn't make mistakes, their quarterback. He did not know where the pressure was coming from. Right. He had. It was almost like... It was either twofold. Number one, the defense is that good where they just mm-hmm. didn't know, disguise the pressure. Number two, they were looking at Michigan and really didn't even do their offseason research on us. Either way, bad on Washington, good on Montana. Yeah. But as the third quarter played out and that score wouldn't move, Ken Haslam came in our booth into the third quarter. And I looked at Ken and I said, we're going to win. <laughs> and he Ken's the ultimate, like, oh, hold on. Don't jinx this. <laughs> exactly. He's Mr. Don't Jinx. And when we scored that touchdown, I truly felt it was game over. And when I talked with the players afterwards, the overwhelming majority, I'm not going to say everybody, but the overwhelming majority said, when did you know? That was my favorite question to everybody, even you guys. I'm very curious. When did you know? The defense said, if we could get the lead, we knew it was over. They didn't want to be out there in the fourth quarter. And you could see it. The line pushed Washington around, which – just think about that, guys. And we can get into the tenfold of this, but the champion center, the work. No one wanted to sit out for a year and a half, but the work in the weight room, guess what? It all paid off for that one game. And so it was just a range of emotions I felt, and I've listened to the game again. But as the third quarter built, you could sense the belief and excitement in Greg and I. And then when the fourth quarter started, when Cam scored that touchdown, we're going to win this thing. And it, it was so cool to play out. I wish I could go back and just replay it in my head ten times over. I'm sure I'll do it probably a million times before I, I'll send it I tried out. to find it on the Pac-12 <laughs> app. Today. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> it doesn't appear to be available. Well, and that's the other part, too. If this game was on ESPN or ABC, it would have been blown up ten times more, in my opinion. I think yeah. because it was on the Pac-12 number. Bobby said afterwards, App State over Michigan. And I would say opposite over Michigan and NDSU over Iowa, as much as w- whatever with NDSU, you have to put it in that. Like that to category. me, yeah. that's the top three. There were five teams that won. JMU beat Virginia Tech a while back. Okay. Eastern beat number 25 Oregon State. Eh, okay. But this was one of three to me. App State, Michigan, yep. NDSU, Iowa, and Montana, Washington. Yep. So I think for me, like the moment I kind of knew, so we scored the touchdown to get ahead because I'm the ultimate like – are you pessimist? I'm pessimist. Okay. Like I, I, I love sports, but I just always assume the worst, so you can't be disappointed. We do a lot of work talking him into positions. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm just like, the, you know, waiting for the because that's what happens against FBS teams. Like waiting for them to figure it out, and then all of a sudden they score 21 points in four minutes, and you know, whatever. When we scored that touchdown to go ahead, 
And you're thinking lead in the fourth quarter. Because, again, going back to checking those boxes, it's like, I don't care if we win or lose at this point. Like, this is a win. Like, this is great for us all year. This is going to be, you know, it's going to look good. Da, 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 da. Um, you know, the Big Side Conference had a couple teams that already won, you know. Um, but when we scored and then they got the ball back and we just shut them down, yeah. you were like, all right, they don't have it. Like, their will, <laughs> like, if that doesn't get them up, their will is gone. And we gave them chances. I mean, like, I, I'm sure that we gave them chances, but it's like the black and white stripes helped out. Well, absolutely. But it's like you know, we <laughs> yeah. you know we wow. kicked the field goal instead of going for the touchdown on the fourth down, which is probably the right call. It was. You know, we missed huh. the field goal. The fifty. I mean, they had opportunities. Yeah. You know, yep. and you talk about letting teams stick around. We let them stick around. That. Yeah, that was my thought. Was, um, deep in the third quarter. And I pulled the play-by-play up so I didn't get this wrong because I know our, you know, our listeners are we're all about accuracy over here. Yes, are, you know, into it. But we had a three and out towards the end of the um, third quarter, and we gave the ball back to Washington, and they started driving down the field. They drove fifty yards before Gavin Robertson's pick at the end of the third quarter. Yeah, and that was when I thought, like on that drive, I thought if we give up a score here they're gonna have the momentum in the fourth quarter and i was imagining it play out like mike they, they figured it out they finally woke up shook off the ghosts gavin gives up or gavin intercepts the ball and i thought we need to drive we need to give the defense a break and what happens next is we go on a we take a five minute possession plus the quarter break, right? Um, and I thought at the end of that, like, I was like, okay, all right, we have a chance, right? Like, we, we have a chance. We scored a touchdown. Uh, we took the lead. And then coming back out of it, we get the ball back. Uh, they only took a minute 31, right? And then we burn another 605 off the clock <laughs> and i'm like there's no well, way their defense is tired now yeah, yeah i know we haven't gotten to, to brent's point good, but you know our offense really struggles for the first three quarters in the fourth quarter they were incredible they were great like what was it 120 yards cam was like 11 of 11 <laughs> or something at the end of it something like that. like well and from 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 my standpoint i don't know i i think about strength and conditioning quite a bit and i know that the grizzly football team has spent a lot of time getting strong right like you watch the videos um their strength and conditioning coach uh does a lot of heavy squats front squats back squats squats deadlifts bench you know Mm -hmm. traditional just like meat and potato strength work Mm I was really impressed by our conditioning on defense. Yeah. In yeah. truth, I was like, how do they do both? They're beating the shit out of these guys and they're in better shape. Yeah. Like, what the hell's going on I mean, here? And the rotation of guys in and out is great. I mean, Brent, I want to get to you're yours. Good. No, so you're good. You're yeah. good. I'm like stacking up things in my mind here now. So, we talk about the strength, though. And this was another thing that we saw in the QB club when they were showing uh, there was one play early on. And what we see is at Washington Center is a returning starter and one of the better ones in the conference. He'll be a top two-round draft pick. And here he snaps the ball, and Gubner picks the dude up, 
and takes him back like six yards and sends the running back because that was his lane. It blew up the whole play. It blows up the play, and I think it was a third down play, and it's a ta- it's one of our first of what six and a half or seven tackles for a loss that we have in the game. And so it was like, and I I leaned over to Mike and I was like, watch Gub just like push this all pro. Pac-12 FBS lineman back eight yards, and then there's play after play after play where he keeps seeing that kind of thing. So the strength was just incredible. Uh, for me, when I felt like we were going to win, it was it was dumb. I, I'd post it in the sense of, like, it wasn't a play, it wasn't a momentum thing. It was when they broke for a uh, commercial at the end of the third quarter. And here's Bobby with the whole team around yep. him, and they're jumping up and down. Chills. And chills. Bobby's got this huge smile on his face. I don't – I don't – I, I – Bobby doesn't smile on game days, <laughs> you know, like during a game, right? And so it's like Bobby is at that moment losing, going into the fourth quarter. I mean, right on the scoreboard, all, you know, all things aside, we're down four, and he is jumping around with the team with a huge grin on his face. Like, I mean, we had, like you said, Mike, like we had already won in the sense of like expectations. And that was like they broke their commercial. And I said to my friends when we were watching it, and my family had left the room because we were starting to get really rowdy by this point. <laughs> um, I was just like, "Holy shit, we're gonna we're gonna win this! I love we're gonna win this goddamn game!" Yeah, because <laughs> uh, it was just like it, I'd never seen anything like that before from a Hout coach team. In the sense, like I've seen the players get excited as you head in the fourth quarter. I have never seen the whole team huddle around Bobby Hauk and jump up and down at the start of the fourth quarter. Uh, two things. You know, we heard it was Hicks Onu who had the, the tweet after the game that was something like, if you've got any dog in you, Coach Houck is going to yep. bring it out. Yeah. And then, like, on the highlights that Sean Randy put together, Alfred. like, Alfred is, like, Luke's cousin. My cousin. Um, <laughs> is, is, uh, um, he's, like, best coach in the nation, you know. And it struck yeah. me because the last time he was here, players respected him, but you didn't hear that. But these guys, and it's been obvious for a couple of years now, these guys love Coach Howe. Remember, when we've had Andrew Schmidt on the pod, he's yeah. talked about, like, even when I finished, I didn't like the guy, like, as a friend. I, I And it's like, even when you think about the end of those 08, 09 seasons, I don't think, like, especially returning players were like, this is the best coach in the nation. I mean, maybe they believed it, but you would never out, like, exactly, you wouldn't outwardly hear that. So just the... The evolution of Bobby Howe. And I think, honestly, I, I attribute a little bit of that to Robbie being on the team because it's like, you know, you're coaching your son and his buddies, and, you know, that's supposed to be a fun experience. And it's, you know, and maybe that's just, it's also just the maturing of him, but I just think it's been great. I think another factor of that, too, is the maturation of Bobby Howe. Bobby Howe 2.0. We've heard about it ever since he came back. I am very, very lucky to get the front row seat at that. And I feel he's learned a lot from guys like Rocky Long. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think when he was able to take kind of a back seat, and I don't know, I, I don't know how you want to put it, whether it's be humbled a little bit after what happened at UNLV to to kind of say, hey, how how can I be a better coach? Because that's the kind of Bobby kind of guy Bobby is. He's going to drive himself to be better. And you see, you said the word love, and that is the truth in this locker room. Not to get too sappy on you guys, no. but there there is love and belief in that locker room. And you know what? That's the X factor of what makes good teams great yep and what the championship level difference is and i'm telling you this isn't lip service to grizz fans out there that's the difference you feel something special every time you're around this team and whether it ends in december january whatever it is there's something different 
about this team. And it's special and it's because everyone in the locker room is on the same page. And even more so after what we've gone through as people, country, everything in between the last yeah, year and yeah, a half, yeah. for everyone to be united, that's a hard thing to do. That mm-hmm. locker room is so united. And even this week, they're on to Western Illinois. They enjoyed it as a team. They're going to enjoy it as long as they live. But for right now, the Leathernecks. And they're there. I mean, everyone's on the same page. It's just so hard to describe. I try to, but you just kind of have to be there to experience it. But it's so special. And for everyone out there, just know that these guys, it's a special group. Absolutely. If you can find tickets, good luck. Get <laughs> I've got here. People, no. i got people texting me trying to find tickets oh, right yeah. now. Oh, it's going to be a great game. Yeah. The atmosphere. And they added a beer garden, which if we'd recorded, <gasps> if we'd recorded oh, last night, we could Cheers, have boys. <laughs> you guys are going to have to all have one for me, and I'll catch up after the game. Okay? Well, there's a two-limit. So, uh, okay, yeah. um, so, anyway, that's great. But not necessarily what the pod's about. <laughs> we know what Mike's excited for. <laughs> um, so, wrapping it up. Well, Nell gets that interception. Your call was awesome. Yeah. So I, we were watching it on TV, and then we went back up to our campsite, and we're camping with a bunch of people. So there's about 15 of us at this campsite. And, um, my wife has, has the radio station um, on, over the speakers coming from the camper, and you guys are doing your post-game rap and stuff like that. Um, talk to us about post-game. Like, you know, they've won. We knew it was – like honestly, I thought they were going to win even before the interception because we just shut them down. And Wellno gets it, then they get the best play in football, the kneel down. Everybody comes streaming out. Tell us about that. I tried to just open my eyes and and say everything that just came to me. And for the, I mean, Bobby Hawk was the first thing. I mean, his fists were his in, fist the in the he air. He was, yeah. and he was charging was towards call. the W. And he, and I wanted to make sure to get that in there because all of this, in a way, revolves around Bobby, right? I mean, the fact of what they were able to do come together at the same time. It was such a surreal moment that I was with you guys, too. Once we took the lead, I felt like it was... Washington's offense had not done anything, and Dylan Morris was rushing throws and just so uncharacteristic of what he normally does. Because penalties are not, we knocked him, we knocked, we got him scared early in the game. Absolutely. (laughs) Coach Bear said that as a shameless self-plug and also tease. Coach Bear said that in the Inside the Den podcast. He goes, I wouldn't take him back. I wouldn't take those 15-yard penalties back. Whether you agree with them or not, I'd maybe agree with one. Certainly, I wouldn't agree with both of them. But that flustered Morris, where he was on his heels the whole time. And then you could throw in the factor that his top receivers weren't available to him, whether they got knocked out during the game or they weren't able to play in the contest. He was so out of rhythm. But for me, I wanted to just open my eyes and just take in everything that was going on, from the Grizz contingent that was down there in the lower right corner to, to Bobby celebrating, to this team having a, a such a come-together moment at the very end to celebrate a monumental win that no one at the time knew the magnitude, and now we are a couple days later talking about it, and it's just still surreal. Um, and, and rather than just overthink of what I, what I wanted to say or what the perfect scripted answer would say or the Jim Nance response, because Jim Nance record, re- scripts out his stuff five days in advance when he wants to say when Tiger wins the Masters or whatever. I just let it come to me. And, and in some ways, I feel that that might be the best is just the raw emotion. And just seeing it, watching those guys come to midfield, it was just special. And I think that between Austin Valley for Grizz Athletics or Sean Rainey's video, 
the emotions were captured. And I tried to stay that way in the entire fourth quarter with Greg, and we talked about it during breaks. Like, let's let's let Grizz Nation feel our excitement, but let's let's call the game here. Mm-hmm. And, and it just it all came together at the end. I mean, I still don't think we're going to realize the magnitude of this until weeks, months, years after the fact. University aside, we'll get into that too, mm-hmm. the impact it can have. But I just tried to basically say what I was seeing and, and it, from a very simple point of view and there was just so much elation for Grizz Nation right I, I feel it with you guys I'm fans right with you guys I, I get the inside peak of the locker room but to just to know what this win means I mean how long have we been waiting as Grizz fans yep. to be back yeah. we have talked about it for a while we need to get back RTD well yeah. guess what 2019 I feel all Grizz fans kind of believed it but for everyone outside of the Grizz circle, I think it took Saturday for them to finally say, oh, boy. Ooh. Yep, exactly. <laughs> oh, boy. The Grizz I can't are back. wait to read Bill Spitz's article this week. <laughs> Pod Dog is, raw, raw. Pod dog is raw, making raw. an appearance here. He's Pod introducing dog. himself to Riley. So. As long as he doesn't lick my spotter board pretty good. Well, you might want to move that. I think <laughs> I'm going to frame this thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Riley brought a spotter board. That's from the, that's from the Washington game. Yep. Oh, we perfect. T- we talked oh, about this. I have to frame Absolutely. Yeah. We talked about the spotter board when um, uh, you were on last time, but the you us detail on, Zoom, on this yeah. thing is yeah. just it's incredible. better in person. I, Do you think we could get a – could we take a photo of this? Yes. To show people Without what, a question. You, what you do? I love it. To, to me, I feel it's in – I love it from a couple just different saying. senses. But, I mean, to me, it's like an open book test when you're broadcasting a game. You have an open book test. When you got one of those in high school or college, you were pumped. It's like, dude, I got all the information in front of me. I just have to know where it's at. And people have asked me because when you see it, you'll say, man, that's a lot of work writing stuff down. Why, do you, why don't you just type it? Re- the retention yep. of just writing it down is huge because I don't have time to look down always on a big play and say, hey, Mitch Roberts did this or yep. he averaged six catches for 60 yards in the final five games of 2019. So, so by writing it down, I have. Speaking of like people doing their homework, the, and not to knock them at all, but the Pac-12 announcers, just, they did not know much about the Grizzlies and they didn't know much of the backstory. And you could tell they really hadn't spent much time. But the one random thing they did know was that Mitch Roberts' brother, Ben, played for the Grizz and then signed with the Titans. That was like <laughs> that was like somebody got in their ear and said, hey, here's a random fact, so it looks like you did your research. <laughs> I, I don't want to beat my chest on this, but I had a conference call with J.B. Long at the Pac-12 Network, and I told him that fact. So at least he wrote <laughs> that one down. So at least he wrote that one down. And again, I mean, the Pac- there's the inside right there. But the Pac-12 Network, I mean – that's again. That's why I feel that this wasn't as blown up as much as App State, Michigan, or anything. But and why you're not seeing as many replays on the Pac-12 yeah. network either, because yep, it's but not good for the brand. The difference yeah. is social media is so much more of a thing now. Yeah, it, it knew. Like we were trending on Twitter hours after the game. Yeah. So hashtag Go Grizz was a trending topic, and yeah, yes. yeah. That's so love cool. to see that. <laughs> um. Last kind of thing about the atmosphere. Did you guys see the video that the Kaiman tweeted out of? Bobby going into the locker room, like, man, <laughs> how cool was that? Would yeah. Bobby how have done that? In no, his first no. absolutely not. <laughs> so no. when you're talking about 2.0, right? That's your full circle moment. <laughs> yeah. Four point stand. He got down to the stand. How would you guys break? <laughs> and then Bear tried stand? to block him. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Oh my gosh. No, you know I've never really had aspirations to be a coach, but I was like, 
that looked fun. <laughs> <laughs> if it was all that. <laughs> awesome. Well, let's, uh, let's kind of talk the game a little bit. Um, who are you guys' players of the game? Let's pick one offense, one defense, one special teams. Okay, to me, the offensive player of the game has to – you have to do that thing where you give it to the offensive line. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. You know, yeah. like – Yeah, yeah. I think that they showed up all game long. So I was going to say Xavier Harris just because, you know, he, he, he gave us a game. But the O-line, like, I think that's the best the O-line has looked in a decade. Like – if not longer. Yeah. yeah like, yeah, And yeah. it's like, we talked about this a little bit. Like, they looked fine in the spring, but they didn't get the push that we maybe expected. And then for them to come out against UW. No, Luke, I think that's a great yeah. call for the offense. What do you guys think? Who's your offensive players? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I think O-line is, is, is one good answer. Honestly, I think, I don't know where this team would have been if Cam Humphrey wouldn't have settled into the way he played in the fourth quarter. And, yes, I know, Mike, you want to talk about your concerns of Cam in the first three I'm quarters. Not, and they are very, I can't they wait are, to talk after you they, break because I'm going to They are, they are very well justified. <laughs> there were, I got the tweets, too. I will say, and, if you're going to give him your – that fourth quarter was as clutch of a QB performance as – And so – and that, that's – He delivered when they needed it. And that was like – because I think if – it's tough to say, but I would venture the guess if – Cam fourth quarter Cam Humphrey was the first if he would have continued the way he was playing in the first three quarters I don't think we would have got that touchdown Mm -hmm. and then I don't know if we would have won maybe we still would have won but nine to seven maybe but um I I agree with O-line I'm trying to find a different talking point no but that's where I'm at but I mean O-line kept Cam clean they kept yes yes Riley what do you think I don't think it's close and I think the answer is Cam Humphrey Absolutely. Mike, I'm going to go at it. Riley's state media, guys. Riley's state media. No, 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 no. I'm I'm telling you guys this. I'm telling you guys this. Everybody wants a quarterback controversy. Guys, there is no quarterback controversy at Montana. I don't know how much I have to say this to the three of us and to everyone out there. There is no quarterback controversy at Montana. Cam Humphrey took care of the football, guys. Yeah. No turnovers. Yep. One sack. There were at least three times I counted where he eluded a sack that was a game-changing play. And mm-hmm. you know what? I'm not saying anything about the refs other than there were three plays that were first downs and big plays yeah, of 15 or more that were called back. And they were if nonsense. It, right. You won't say it. I and can say it. And if any of those <laughs> stand, it gets Cam going. Yep. He yeah. had to deal with start-stop, start-stop, emotions. You're playing close to home. You're, it's your sixth-year senior quarterback. It's your chance. And Washington's defense is really, really damn good, and they have an incredible yeah. secondary. Yes. Yeah, but see, that yes. was what I was worried about early in the game. Was <clears throat> we're playing so well on defense and we're competing. He's staying clean. We're keeping him clean, and he's not delivering the ball where it needs to go. There was jitters. but he called the, exactly for sure. But there. like I said, it like he, fourth quarter. I mean, that's about as clutch of a fourth quarter as we've had a QB give us ever. So I'm gonna t- I'm, let's play devil's advocate, okay? Let's just say in the third quarter when things weren't going great for Cam and he was two for ten, we go to Chris Brown. Do we win that game? Yeah, I mean, I think no, Cam has no, four no, touchdowns. No, 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 Of course You not. don't come in there in the third quarter and go, oh, yeah, I'm going to come in here and go eight for eight against Washington. D. Let's be realistic. I, I will fall on this sword. There is no quarterback controversy. Everyone wants it. It's not there. Can't, Chris Brown's going to be great. And oh, Daniel Britt's awesome. going to be great. But not right now. This is Cam Humphrey's team, guys. 
Period. And everyone needs to get behind it. If this team is going to go to Frisco, and if they're going to win, it's going to be because Cam Humphrey Mike, has never dislodged the Mike, do you want to go to Frisco or not, Mike? What? We're at Mike's house right what now. Type I don't want to get kicked what out. What type of podcast would this be if we all agreed on everything? That's good. That's good. <laughs> all right. I, I do think it's Cam Humphrey. For To go back to the question after I've proven my point now, is that That's a check me, he, I believe you're filibustering. <laughs> I don't know if you've proved anything. He stayed you. composed. He stayed composed. He battled through it. What I saw the whole time, what Greg and I were talking about, he made the right reads. Yes. That's over that's, half of it. It's just yep. the throws weren't delivered there. And that's what you lose if you bring in Chris Brown. And don't get me wrong, I, I obviously enjoy Chris Brown, but it's like for sure he doesn't have that experience. So you bring him in in that game, in that situation, it's just you're asking for trouble. And how about Cam's decision of pulling that ball on yep. the touchdown? And that, the right it faked me out, yeah. and I have no problem on the call that's going to be played forever that I got faked out. Because I said <laughs> he gave it to Childs. No, he keeps it himself. But that makes it even better. Yep. Okay, well, that's that. My point is, and this is going to sound pejorative to Cam, and um, you know, there's like almost a zero percent chance he hears this, but maybe his parents do. Um, I think his mom follows us on Twitter. Yeah, his mom does follow the, the my, pod. My sense is, we yeah, Mike, you're not getting a Christmas card. I said last week they're all really nice people. <laughs> <laughs> so, with a defense, an offensive line that we have. The the low watermark is we need a Trent Dilfer, and I think Cam is more than that. Yep, I'd agree. I'd agree. But he made no mistakes. He made a lot of heady plays. Uh, he can zone read, you know, just as well as anybody. He's going to give us more than Trent Dilfer. So if Cam's our low watermark, we're set. And, and you know, I don't know. Like we have a special defense. I think we have a mature offensive line. We have a world-class coaching staff. Um, I, I am super ready for the Cam Humphrey experience. That's fair. I mean, I I won't disagree. The first half of the game, I, I was getting flashbacks to Idaho. You know? Yeah, that's fine. Minus the turnovers. Minus the turnovers. Yes. But he calmed down. And like I said, that fourth quarter. Yep. Who am I? Who am I to judge? Yep. Okay, so we've talked offense. Defense. <laughs> Mike wants to get off this topic. <laughs> yeah, defense. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Anything. Anything. Three on one. Let's go. Cam's mom's going to send me hate mail. <laughs> you know, defensively, I could imagine it must have been super tough for the coaches to nominate a defensive player of the week just because I think you had four guys that I think the whole defense had a, a great day, but like that just really stood out in the way they played. Uh, I actually assumed Patrick O'Connell was going to get the nomination just because. I think, well, three sacks, right? Uh, or was it two sacks, two sacks and three, three tackles TFL. for a yeah. loss? Yeah. Ten tackles, and, three TFLs, the, two sacks. And the two sacks were both third down, correct? Correct. So they were drive-killing sacks. And then multiple pressures. So um, I completely agree with Well, no, I mean, sealed the game. I mean, that, that interception I mean, was also a drive <laughs> Yeah, it was. So, but, I mean, just uh, <laughs> I think, yeah, I, I would say O'Connell was, was where I was leaning. I'll just say this, not where I lean either way, because it really could have been – I was pushing for co, co defensive players. Yeah. This week. yeah. All I'll say is the coaching staff was split too. They didn't know who to give it to. I believe it well, because those those guys both had great. And honestly, Jace Lewis had a pretty good game too. He did. Like the linebacker, he had all the attention yet again, and he yeah. still had. A pretty good but that was kind of one of the unknowns coming in. It's like Jace Lewis, and it's like we know how Patrick Connell, but they're full time guys now. You know, they showed up. I mean, I think that you give it to Well now just because that interception ranks. And this is maybe something we should talk about. It's right up there with Andy Larson's kick 
like you know, <laughs> yeah. like it's you talk it's like about Brock Coyle's interception. Yeah. You talk about calls ago, yeah. calls that are going to you know live well beyond the game, and it's like hit. So it's like I get it. Patrick O'Connell had a. We talk about moments. He got the sack on second down, and then on third down, the like tight end caught it, and Patrick O'Connell just drilled him in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I think it was yeah, fourth quarter. Yeah. On back-to-back plays, so, I think it was a running back that caught it, or a running a little back. dump down pass, and yeah. they had to punt again, and it was just like the life was gone, like he just destroyed them. <clears throat> so I've had a lot of people tell me that that was their moment. So that's a tough one. I think it's well now, but that's a tough one. And Gavin Robertson not only yes. two, picks. two picks. I mean, so I want to object to okay. Gavin. Okay, so obviously he didn't win it, but. I think so. This is a heads up play. This is the only maybe. Actually, this is. I'm going to piggyback on Mike being like sort of a naysayer. The way Lord. We're, I'm going to characterize, I'm going to group myself in with Mike Naysayer. I think what we're going to see offensive, uh, creative offensive teams do, especially Eastern Washington, is they're going to go four wide. They're going to clear the backfield maybe five wide, and they're going to force. Gavin or you know a sort of undersized Robbie Hauk or Nash to, even to one go one man to man in the slot yeah Gavin's Gavin's re, like interceptions came because the ball was thrown behind the receiver <laughs> bad throws and they were like and and that's why I like Patrick O'Connell you know like Jace Lewis some of the pressure we were able to get on the quarterback made it really tough to make quick accurate throws to the dudes Gavin is manning. Yeah. But when he has to come down to man the slot, he is a hit stick machine mm-hmm. if you're familiar with Madden. <laughs> I think he's a half a step slow. I when people say Gavin for, you know, defensive MVP, I say his interceptions kind of came from shitty throws. <laughs> okay. Wow. Says the guy, do you wow. want Gavin to like hit I you was or something? Say, what are we, listen, so when I see Gavin, Gavin on race. on campus, I go the other way. All right. <laughs> I am. Yeah. I am counting on like that. We are a like an audio medium for him not to recognize my face because. <laughs> but don't you think it was he was in, they were all in pursuit and he was in the right place? Like he's there. Yeah. You know, he's there two feet behind the receiver to catch the tip. But he yeah, was, but the guy he was, was in a group trailing of three. another guy. He's, he's the trailing guy. Thing. Yeah. But he's manning. He should be not the trailing guy. But wasn't there somebody lower? There was on the second it pick. Depends. They were if bunched it, up on the second. Dropped, I can't remember the first. If you play in a cover two zone, you got a guy lower. So I was but pumped. My, my, here's, here's my sense. And Gavin showed <laughs> up. He delivered. Um, if, if Gavin is our third best defensive player in a week, yeah. uh, we are going to be amazing. I think it goes to O'Connell because uh, he was a disruptor of UW's offense, um, and Gavin was the beneficiary of some of that disruption. Mm, yeah, But I also think that goes to show you where this defense has come full circle, guys. Yeah. Because three years ago, the back end of this secondary was a massive liability. It is Incredible the mm. rebuild on that secondary. How about the corners, guys? Omar Hicks Onu upended a Michigan transfer, Giles Jackson, and disrupted them all game. And then Justin Ford came in for Corbin Walker after he got dinged up a little bit. 
Ford Justin looked great. Cool. Yes. He stepped in, didn't lose a step. No. Which we, I've been kind of waiting for Ford to take that job anyway. It's always kind of interesting. But he looked great. Like, it was fun to yeah. watch the secondary. And cool. you saw four corners in that game. I mean, and Corbin thing, Walker's been great. Yeah. And we saw Ocho show too. Yeah. And the thing that it gives is it gives the coaching staff the ability to know they can put those guys on an island and bring weird blitzes from different angles and yeah. screw guys up. And, and that's the other thing is this is a really good team despite what they showed us. And if we can if we can perform defensively like we did against that team, like I just want to make sure fans out there are making sure they understand like you're going to hear about the linebackers a lot and maybe the guys up front. But because of that, the reason why you're hearing about those is because the back end is finally solidified. Yeah, yeah. Those guys allow it all game yep. long at Washington, and they, especially against FCS and Big Sky competition, they're going to lock down some receivers to where you're going to hear about the front six or front seven. But that back end being solidified, oh, my goodness, is the biggest difference in this well, defense. And historically, <clears throat> how teams from the first time around, you had, you had excellent pass rush. And that was like – I'd said this, Patrick O'Connell – has that Corey Bierman motor in him that I don't think we've seen from a defensive end. I thought that was a great sense. Cro- I mean, I, I, like I agree. Too. Yeah. I, we've had very good defensive ends. I mean, Tyrone Holmes was maybe probably the best we've ever had, but, and he would, but he was just an all around, he did everything right. But like Bierman just had this like next level motor. We always had great has defensive ends like Michael Murphy, right? Yeah. Bierman. Their own home, but it also, even smaller guys. Like, Dustin it's also just Dustin Deluie. Yeah. It's, yes. it's a show in how much like coach's preference matters because he Cal, he's from Calspell, and the Grizz didn't recruit the previous staff didn't recruit him. He went to play baseball, and then Hap got hired, and he like called up. I think was like, "Hey, I want to come play football." How <laughs> let him come on and. Here we are. It reminds me when Craig Oaks just like was like showed hey, up want, at the office. I want to play football. <laughs> I mean, this is a great stat for you guys too. Being don't want to get too stat nerdy on no, you, no, but get, whatever. Bring it but on. Patrick O'Connell, right? He had six and a half sacks in 2019. Do you realize that's the most sacks by a Grizz linebacker in a decade? No, because no everyone idea. on the off, or on the D line, that's the most by a linebacker in a decade. Wow. And in a decade. Yes. Over 10 years. And, and you're right. Pat O'Connell, he said it. He goes, I had to give up my first love, which was baseball. Mm. And I had to do that because I wanted to prove I can compete at the D1 level. Because <clears throat> at Mary, he could play both. He played baseball and football. Yeah. But that was the difference. Curiously, where did he go to play baseball? U- University of Mary in North Dakota. No kidding. Yes. Oh, okay. And he, it, the reason why he went there is because he could play both. He played football and baseball. Oh, okay. Mm. And he had to give one of them up. Wow. To come back here to walk on. I like this guy even more now. Oh, he's just, have you seen his haircut? You'll really yeah. like oh, him. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it kind of matches your mustache. <laughs> I it's wish I could nice. pull the haircut off. <laughs> we, should, we should all get Patrick O'Connell haircuts. Oh, God. Honestly, hey. I don't we, grow hey, up hair we, for if we, that. If we, win the Mike's natty, out. if we win the natty, we all get in Pat O'Connell Oh, my haircut. God. I mean, I'll do my I'll best. Do it. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll do it. Done. I'm in. All right. These guys. I got to look at this haircut. Their images. I haven't seen it yet. I got to look at this. Okay. Hang on. Hang on. Brent and his Playboy haircut over there. I don't know if he's in for it. Brent. Oh my God! It looks good. Hair. Yeah, the team photo. Oh, where'd it go? I just lost it. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh man, I'm like halfway there. I got you half the head. I just, I just got to clean up. Oh yeah, we're good. We're good. I can do that. Do you, you want to do this? 
Yeah. Yes. Guys. Man, we oh, man. All right. Title, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, we win the national <laughs> title, whatever. You know. You're going to use Rogaine if we win the national title. I'm blading if we win. I'm blading. We are blading. All right, special teams. We have a putter and a good one. He's amazing. No, did you say his name? Bushimi? Bushini. 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 From Helena Capital. Yeah. Yeah, he's the guy. I mean, and we've we saw this, we saw this in the spring. You'd see this if you went to practice. We see this all the time. His punting is. He had one. It's kind of funny. He had like one kind of shanky punt, and then it rolled like twenty five yes. yards. I said it on the air. So I said, "Summer, that looks like your five iron when you skull it." And he was he was dying laughing. It was good because that was the only bad one he had. Yeah. But he, here was my take, and this I get obviously most of my cues off Coach Hauk. When Bobby Hauk talks about a freshman punter. You know he's special. Yeah. And he was talking to me all offseason about Bushini's our guy. And so it's cool to see, and obviously we all feel this too. When it's a Montana kid, it means a little bit more. It but means more. Brian Bushini is going to be a four-year stud for yeah. the Grizzlies, and I can't wait. I, it, number one, it's great to not have to worry about that position. Yep. Number two, I mean, he's a stud. He's it's good. Be fun. He's great. 47-yard yeah. average, and he had two punts of 50-plus. Yeah. He flipped yep. the field in key spots. A few times, yep. A couple yeah. times. Yep. And you didn't worry about it. You're like, yeah. It was just another thing where if we took a chance, it got stopped in the backfield. Yeah. I'd like to see it. Um, before we kind of talk a little bit about the post game, anything else from that game that we're missing that we should be talking about? I know that we could talk about everything, but yeah. we've been at this for like 45 minutes. So. Um Hour six. <laughs> See, that's what I love. Well, I mean, Riley like, hasn't been here the whole time. That's a good point. So, that's a good point. You guys had a nice introduction, I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, I think that there's a guy that's not getting talked about enough, and that's Isaiah Childs. Oh, um, I mean, yeah. I think yep. that he had that fourth down stop. That's a pretty hard spot for your first career carry yep. in college football. But after that, when X went down for a little bit, I thought he was clutch. You know, and, and I feel, guys, I mean, everyone asks me all the, what's your what's going to be your biggest surprise position group? And I feel it's such a, I don't want to call anyone out here, I feel it's such a lazy take to just say, well, our running backs are in trouble just because we don't know their names. Well, guess what? In 2019, you didn't know who Marcus Knight was. He only broke Chase Reynolds' record and had over 1,000 yards and was the first 1,000-yard rush in over five years. I love these guys. I love our two running backs right now that are freshmen, and I felt that Isaiah Childs was huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, you talk about Cam Humphrey coming together in the fourth quarter. I <laughs> thought Childs had a couple key runs in the fourth quarter in that game that, that truly helped out. And the other factor I would say in all of this is the Grizzlies beat the University of Washington. Cam Humphrey had an average game. Sammy Akem was not involved, and Cole Grossman was not involved. Those three guys are going to be monsters. Gabe Solcer wasn't really involved. And Gabe Solcer wasn't even involved. I mean, so think of it from that lens. Yeah. It's a little scary if you're a big sky team. You got to think. Um, no, I agree with that. the The fourth down play call was the only play call the whole game. I was kind of, like, I don't get it. I like running that they out of shotgun. Yeah, me too. But running out of shotgun, shotgun like handoff, yeah. kind of an odd call. I thought. Um, yeah, no, I, the only other thing that kind of stood out to me was we got down and we had, in the fourth quarter of a game we're trying to put away against number 20 FBS Washington, true freshman, Junior Burgum from Billings. Comes <laughs> Running the ball. Billings. And you know that what Bobby was going for was the Gabe Solser repeat of the first time Gabe Solser touched the ball. Yeah, and yeah. Nobody knew who he was. He <laughs> ran around the edge. It was almost the same play. Um I think that he's going to be one that we'll only see four games this year. I have, I, I, I'd kind of be shocked if they're going to use him all year, but we'll see. But 
I also think that he will slot right into replacing Solcer when Solcer graduates in two years. Like, that's... Yeah, I, I think that... That's, I don't see his future running back, I guess. I think the second half of that's accurate. I think that this team is go for broke. Yeah, they, good point. If, if they, they're not going to cut him off at four games. If, if they, they feel him. he can contribute. Him. And I... Again, it's truly because I don't know as far as the running back situation. I know that Junior Bergen's number three right now yep. on the depth chart. And if it remains in the future where he needs to stay number three, then they they'll will, do it. They will burn yep. that red shirt. Yep. But I do agree with you that eventually he would move back to wide receiver. He's just that special of an athlete. And I can't help but just think what did the neighbors think when they saw Junior Bergen in the box? <laughs> when he was committed to them just a couple of months ago. That was a, that was a little special dig for the Grizz, I think, too. I'll take it. Guys, anything else from you? Either you on this? No. I'm good here. Gosh, yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so the polls jump up to Grizz to four or five, four. depending on which oh, one you whoa, look whoa, at. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Can I jump in on this? Yeah. I have a vote in the FCS Top 25 poll. I'm one of 50 that has a national vote. Okay. Humble brag. Humble brag. Very <laughs> humble brag. But I want to know. I think, oh. I think the consensus is everyone agrees with the top five. It's a matter of the order, right? So I think the top five are consensus, and I think the next five are consensus. And if you really, if you look into the number a little bit more, it goes. To, there's a big break between five and six. There's a huge break between ten and eleven. Mm. How would the three of you rank the top five? I'm putting you on the spot right now, and mm. then I will reveal how I did my top five as well. So my thing I've always hated about polls <clears throat> is things can happen on the field, and it doesn't change anything. And obviously, I mean, you have to take in the body of work. But being week one, like, nobody had a more impressive win than the Montana Grizzlies did. Right. So does your poll based off of last year or is your poll based That's off of this saying. year? Like, I feel like That's the Grizz should have got more number one votes. Yeah. Then i probably do South Dakota State because they destroyed Colorado State. So for the record, Montana won for Mike, South Dakota State too. South Dakota State okay. too. Okay. I mean, maybe Sam Houston. They're, they're winning against Dakota State. North Dakota. Uh, the, it's NAU. like you don't want to punish somebody yeah. for it's like they beat who they should have beat that week. But do you think anyone in Flagstaff's listening? Because I think NAU stinks. <laughs> like I don't I know. think that's impressive. I'm sorry. I, I just yeah, don't. I agree with that. Um, Dad, I don't know. So Sam Houston three, probably JMU four, NDSU five. NDSU five. Okay. Probably right around. Yeah, right? I'm pretty close. Yeah, I would be Montana one, SDSU two, maybe JMU three, and then I don't. Yeah. Um, Sam Houston and DSU. Luke? I actually don't mind the way it's ranked. Okay. And Where would you have put Montana if you had a poll? Probably, I, I mean, I probably would have ranked Montana three. Three. Um, it was Sam Houston one, South Dakota State two. And I just think that, like, it's really hard to drop people for doing what, you th- what they should have done. Mm-hmm. And... To, to bump Montana to three shows a lot of respect for what they accomplished. And what's truly important is seeding in the playoffs. So as long as they're securely top four, right, like then they get all the benefits of being top, the, the, the number one, right. essentially, especially with regional. I want semifinals re- at home. Regionalization. We are going for a one or a two. Guys, which okay. You're so right, Mike. Okay, and I'm and, telling and if you, we run the table. The difference between th- two and three is huge, massive. <clears throat> okay, okay. So, all right, that's something. You're right. 
Maybe I would rank us two because <laughs> there you go. The, the way I saw it when I did my poll, okay, is that I had, and I'll just full disclosure, I had Montana five in my preseason poll because, and that was higher than everyone else Most thought. Well. They were ranked number nine, which means that if I voted them five, there were people that voted them outside the top twelve. Yeah. Okay. That's nuts. Which is very nuts, but at the same time. I went off of what happened in week one. To me, there was only two votes for who could be the number one team. Yeah. And it was Montana or South Dakota State. Agreed. Mm. For the their wins, I just went straight more impressive win, and I went Montana one. I went South Dakota State two. In my gut, I don't feel Sam Houston is as solid as those two teams, but it's hard to knock them lower because they're the defending national champs. They've won – a bunch of games in a row, and so I put them at three. I have high regard for James Madison. I put them at four, and I put North Dakota State at five. This is the first time, guys, in 11 years that the Grizz are higher than NDSU. Yeah, I don't know true. if you saw that. Nugget, oh, yeah, that's crazy. That, yeah. That's insane. But, I mean, I, I just feel that the difference between two and three is massive at this yeah. point. But for the Grizz now, let's just say they dump in, a game. The ultimate tiebreak of beating Washington is huge. It's gonna be, oh, In yeah. truth, I'm not worried about the Grizz. <laughs> they went to U-Dub. <laughs> Still got a and, Luke, you need to shotgun one. And bomb them. I'm not intimidated about going to South Dakota. How about the red turf? How about the red turf? Uh. I'm not intimidated by I picked to start the season that the Grizz would lose away. Ooh. At Eastern. Yeah. At Eastern. And I'm going to have to eat some crow because... <laughs> I can't wait. Can I be on that podcast? I you come back whenever you want. Right. Yeah. When, when <laughs> We're we, here. When we went on the red, oh, I man. need a shady IPA. And that, I, need that. I got that game circled. That's where it's like you worry about it. It's like, do we look past things? This is. I know Bobby's not listening at this point. He might have listened to the first half hour of this. He's not listening at this point. But I'm telling you... But somebody you, is to give him notes. That's true. But I'm <laughs> telling you, I, there's three coin flip games. Right? Let's just be realistic. Mm-hmm. The three coin flip games are Eastern, Sac State, and Montana State. Yeah. Yep. And the Grizz are going to be double-digit favorites in their other seven. So, I mean, you look at those three coin flip games, and if they go 3-0 and in those three, you're sitting in the top two seed. If you go 2-1, and I think top four seed. And if you go 1-2, and you're still in contention you're for probably the top seed. eight seed. Yeah, right. So, that's kind of where I think they're at. Yeah, and tell and me if I'm wrong. What do you no, guys think? No, I mean, no, yeah, I I'm think that's it. perfectly accurate. I think when I when I talk to people this week about how tough the Big Sky is, yeah, people looked at me like, "Don't say, it. don't, don't, what? No." And I'm like, "This works in our favor, guys. Yeah. Like, we have the toughest conference in football this year. Um, and no matter how it shakes out, like if we go one and two, you know, we are still in a pretty good position to make a deep playoff run, right?" Now I think it's really likely, and again, I mean, f jinxes. I think it's likely likely we run the table. I mean, it could be. I mean, the odds are much higher now. I mean, the ability, like, and that was the thing I was thinking about this, like, because we kept so many of us were just like, well, we're going to open zero and one. And then you got to look at the other ten games and see how we we shape up. And you know, Mike, the house money, like what we talk about all the time. It's like we we st- we didn't. The Grizz were the better team, so it's not like we stole one, but. Kind of feels like we stole one in the sense that we have a win that hardly anybody, even you know us as fans for the most part, talked about that we would have, and not just any win. It's not like oh hey you know we had this like random lucky win against a, a D two school or you know something like this. It's like we beat Washington, and 
like we kind of opened the show with when we were talking about, I mean, say we stumble a little bit, that'll still be such a relevant win if we're sitting at 8-3 and three and they're trying to figure out where they're going to put us. I don't think we're going to be 8-3 and three at the end of the season based on the way things are looking, but yeah. I've said it's the ultimate tiebreaker. Yeah. Right, a ten and one Montana against yep. ten and one North Dakota State. North Dakota State's loss to is to any picket any Missouri Valley team. You and I, best team in the world. Jesus, <laughs> you and I. It's someone in that conference, right? And Montana's loss is to someone in the Big Sky. Well, what's the ultimate X factor? Well, Montana, Washington, Washington. higher. So yeah. I feel that that will go a long ways if Montana steps their toe one time. Yep, yeah. totally. I I can buy the second seed. One or two, like one, two, three. I buy it all. If the, what's so exciting, guys, is if the Grizz run the table, they are not leaving Missoula until Frisco. Yeah, I mean, I, we I, can I'm say not that going right home now. for I'm not going home for Thanksgiving. <laughs> well, you, you can't. Well, you'd have a bye week. Oh yeah, right? yeah, you can. I'm still not going home. For, <laughs> <laughs> Mom, you're coming. You're coming to Missoula. Bring Mom. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> You're gonna be watching Grizzly basketball because they play Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. There yeah. you that's go. Right. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah, I can they get my dad to do that. Yeah. They have like 17 home games. <laughs> can't wait. Can't wait. Thanksgiving night. Happy Thanksgiving. Man, th- were they really? They have a home Wednesday, game? Thursday, Friday. Thanksgiving week. Yeah. They're hosting a tournament with UC San Diego, UNC Wilmington, and Southern Miss. So actually, like decent mid-major teams, but it is on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Man, oh, James is gonna want to go to that. Is the Thursday game at least like in the afternoon? We're pushing for earlier, but (laughs) I've heard five and seven. But I'm I'm trying to tell Trav like, hey man, if that game's at seven, people are gonna be sleeping by then. Oh no! I'm ready at seven. I'm ready to take a nap. (laughs) Riley's over here like, come on! I'm like, let's get it earlier. Come on, Trav. Come on, man. I'm trying, trying, guys. Like two p.m. Yeah, Whoa. and there's football on too. Like, right? It's like, bad football though. It's like the Cowboys against some, you know, whatever. It's the Cowboys in Detroit, and yeah. Okay, I it's gonna be some bad football. Never watch a Lions game this game. Yeah, yeah. This, this season. <laughs> Lord. All right, quickly, what do you know about Western Illinois? I know that they're a squad that is better than their record the last two years. I think that they're a team that is the byproduct of. I would compare them to Sac State and UC Davis in the sense of that we don't know much about them because there's a lack of media coverage. And we don't know the ins and the outs of their program, but I was doing my spotter board today. They have 13 transfers on their defensive two deep. Holy (laughs) crap. Jacksonville State, Texas, Lamar, which is where their former defensive coordinator came from. Like, good programs. So they are not... It's very easy to just say, oh, they've won one, they've won two games in the last two years. I don't think I, I will make this prediction right now on September seventh that they will not finish last in the Missouri Valley, which is where they were picked. It's just because no one knows who they are. I think that they have talent on the defensive side. They are going to try and throw the ball on the offensive side to where Grizz fans, this is your disclaimer right now, that if Western Illinois scores seventeen to twenty one points. Doesn't mean the Grizzly defense Calm had. A, yeah, it doesn't mean the Grizzly defense. Oh my gosh, they had a letdown. It, it will be a different style of game. They're going to want to spread you out. Go. They have great wide receivers. That's the strength of the team. They have three of the top five returning wide receivers in the Missouri Valley. So they'll have some talent there, which is great. I want to see our corners cover in that regard. Yeah. Like we saw them. They were physical against Washington. Now they're going to have to straight cover. So I think Western Illinois is a team that. Could pose a challenge. They're a team that absolutely, if the Grizz 
I know Bobby Houck won't have a letdown game, but if they have a letdown game, Western Illinois could come and get you. I mean, they played a team that's supposed to win the MAC within 10 points. So they will be competitive, but at the same point, I think that this Grizzly defense, they've at least caught their attention enough to where the Grizz are not going to overlook these guys. I like that they're talented at the mm-hmm. receiver position, that they can, Good they're going to try to put up yeah. some points. Revenge, too, by the way. Revenge. 2018. Revenge yeah. game. Yeah. Because I I do think that if you're going to look forward at all, even just like for for a half-second wink at Eastern Washington, you think that, all right, this might be a good warm-up to a dynamic offense that we're going to see in a couple weeks. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Well, and this um, this, rece- this receiver they got, uh, this Dennis Houston guy, Whoa. he had two almost 240 yards against Ball State. I mean, the kid was – and I mean, this he, this guy might be one of the very best receivers we see this whole year. He dropped a 70-yard touchdown, dude. He could have had 300 yards. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah, I watched the film with Coach Alcon Monday. Yeah. He could have had 300 yards on three touchdowns. And, Crazy. And, like, so Western Illinois played that shortened spring season, and they went, what was it, uh, one and five. But, like, they lost to number eight South Dakota State, number three North Dakota, number 22 Northern Iowa. And uh, both North Dakota and Northern Iowa, it was two score losses. So it's like these guys, these guys hang tough with good teams. They played a lot of very strong football teams. Um, South Dakota State beat the hell out of them, but still, it's like I'm with you, Riley. It's I was surprised to see that they were voted dead. But last I hope in they are because it's like one of the knocks you hear on so the Chris team this year <clears throat> is they've got an easy schedule. And that drives me nuts because yeah. it's using an excuse from people who are jealous of you to say you're not good. If you're 10-1 or 11-0, that's just going to be their calling card. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. it's like I hope that these guys go and, and do well in the Missouri Valley and, you know, uh, uh, knock things up a little bit and, and whatnot. So who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I, th- I, I mean, this Western Illinois game, and it was – so we'd had some questions and um, uh, from some fans about this, but, I mean – the Grizzlies have had a series of letdowns after really big wins. Yeah. I mean, different coaching staff, but 2015, that North Dakota State, we were on top of the world thinking we were going to Frisco, and then we lose the next two in a row to two pretty bad football teams as it as it panned out. So um, kind of like we talked about before, I would be shocked if the coaching staff doesn't have us ready. But sometimes, I mean – it might be tough to tell a bunch of 19, 20, 21-year-olds to, <laughs> you know, not believe, not not completely think you're already fully made. I've got some thoughts on why the Grizz are going to be prepared. Avoid the, how they're going to avoid the letdown. The letdown. And, yeah. I've, and I've heard some, you know, a-hole Bobcat fans re- want to remind me. Why of, would you listen to them, Luke? You know what? Come on, man. They're in my life, and it's hard to cut some of these people out. <laughs> Fully, you know. Little brother's a little bit worried that big brother got strong over the summer, okay? They're really worried. I'll, I know. I'll they, tell you. Wait, I'll tell you. Someone is going to pick up on that comment. I know. Okay. Here, I know. We're going to hear about it's it. It's okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll stand by it. Um, <laughs> but the MSU fans are like, hey, you remember Shadron State? You know, like, you remember when we beat an FBS team and then got pooped on by Rex Burkhead? <laughs> Danny Woodhead. Is Danny was wise. it Danny Woodhead? It's Danny yeah. Woodhead. So these but dumb nice, Bob obscure K- yeah. NFL running back. Whatever. Reference. Some <laughs> random 5'8 white guy. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. 
But here's here's why I don't think it's gonna happen. One, Bobby's like you said, a damn general. Yeah, he's not gonna let this team be unprepared. I would, yeah. Uh, two first home game post pandemic. Like, like exclamation point! Exclamation yeah. point! Exclamation point! That's where. Point. That's why yeah. I. That's the difference to me. It's the X factor. Oh. There are so many guys on this team who are gonna get their first real experience playing in that Washington Grizzly environment. Yeah. You know, they've been building for it for a year and a half. It's going to be electric. That's the X factor to me that I don't see a letdown. They're not going to let down there. It's, it's like the cannon's going to be booming. Like, How many times, Luke? I'm, I'm going to tell you, the ROTC hasn't done enough push-ups. <laughs> <laughs> you better start pushing, boys. And then um, the, the fan base post- you know, a historic win mm-hmm. is going to be hype. Has to it's going to be late in the evening. So, well lubricated. Well lubricated. That's a nice way of putting it. And here's something that, like, you know, it's a, it's kind of sensitive to talk about. And I, I truly don't know. And and I and Riley, I don't expect you to talk about this. Um, if you do know, but it's super sensitive to think about, even. But. Um, the emotion that is instilled in a lot of these players in the first home game post Jesse Sims' death and what it means to think about, like, we are here for a finite time and you have to sell out um, and live life mm. and go to war while you have the physical ability to bring it. Yeah. You know, like, I think that mm. that loss um, strikes... A bunch of people who sometimes, you know, young men who feel um, immortal. It, I think it, I think it lets them know that hey, this is special. Yeah. And I don't know. I actually don't know if the Grizz have anything planned. If if the Sims family um, intends to have anything special, but I know I'm going to be a little emotional thinking about Jesse on sure. Saturday. But this confluence of factors. I think is going to make it a real special atmosphere that I wouldn't miss for anything. I'm with you. So yeah. I, I can't imagine a letdown game here against Western Illinois. And, and the the thing I'd also say, we heard this at Quarterback Club, and I'd be interested to hear both of your takes on but Bobby told us, too, that after this win, you can kind of feel the energy on campus, and not just, like, in the athletic department, but, like, in the student body yeah. and just, just all over the place. So I, it feels – it's been a long time since you've kind of felt that kind of excitement. And if there's a buzz around town, like I, I, I it's just it's all it's not something back. we felt. You know what else is going on on campus? Freshman numbers appear to be up. All right, so we'll just keep <laughs> knocking on wood here. <laughs> they, they, it's a fact, Mike. They're they're up. Confirmed right. here. Yeah, confirmed. Nice. I think the Jesse Sims factor is a great point. Yep. On your yeah. regard, yeah. But, uh, but I would make. I don't know. I take a different approach on that and say that what you saw the effort last weekend was part Jesse Sims. You know, not that it's just going to be the first home game. But I will tell you without revealing too much, and I'll play the middle card on this, is there will be something that will honor Jesse Sims. Mm, yeah, I'm going to cry. It will, absolutely. It will be a moment where I need to collect myself and everybody that is close to the program will need to collect themselves as well. They are playing for Jesse all year. That's, that. that's the fact of the matter. The, the way that, I mean, if you saw it's, any of the interviews, Joe Babros and Justin Belknap, everyone on the defensive line, they're playing with Jesse in mind, 
right? And, and these guys, the seniors with Jace Lewis, and then guys that have seen Jesse and his work ethic with Marcus Wallen and Patrick O'Connor. You're going to see that. And so I would say that Jesse Sims is going to be a constant impact for this team all year, not mm-hmm. just necessarily their first home game. But pregame, there will be something with Jesse Sims nice. without revealing something that is going to be a moving moment for everybody. That if you weren't motivated or ready to go, when you see that, you will you will be ready. And I think that this team is such a focused and determined group, as we've kind of touched on through every angle of it, that that will be a nice motivating factor. But I would just play the card mm-hmm. that, you know what, all year long, they're keeping Jesse in, in front of mind, knowing that, and hey, his work ethic and his determination is going to be a factor in how we play. I'm going to fall short in trying to honor Jesse at all, but like his impact in this region, in this community cannot be understated and the Grizz signed a ton of freshmen that worked with Jesse at Failure Sports Specific that became college ready athletes because in part of Failure and Jesse Sims and their whole staff there and Jesse's going to live on through these people for many years to come and um, I can't think of a better way to remember Jesse than to have all these um, all these athletes just kick ass in his name. Yeah. I'm super excited for it. Absolutely. Um, I don't know how we transition. Yeah, that. that's, 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 that's a heavy transition. Of, that's a very heavy <laughs> transition. The yeah. only thing I wanted to touch in on that is, is Jace Henderson. I mean, yeah. she's mm. a special, special person. And I, I feel for her more than anyone else through all of this. I mean, they were yeah. supposed to get married this summer. I mean that that is I couldn't yeah. even imagine. Life's not fair. No, nope, it's, it's, it's not it's fair. Not. And she is the most genuine and nice and happy human being ever. And you know, I hope that she feels the love on Saturday. And that's kind of the last thing I'll say, at least on that, is I hope she feels it because she deserves it and the oh. whole Sims family deserves it It'll because be he was like you said, Luke, just such a special person and that was not lost in the locker room yeah and you could tell you two just i mean the impact you know he had obviously you know you you rarely deal in more on the athletic side and you look on the more academic side because we forget these guys are student athletes but yeah, you know, just seeing these guys and and kind of knowing the impact they have over the last several years so i mean we've assumed that there'd be something and it sounds like we got to be ready so yeah. right. right. get in your seats early by the way guys like come on like get, yeah. get in your seats. Well, right. Turn off the kegs ten minutes. Yeah, ago. come on. Yeah. I mean, hey, you're gonna have all day to get. <laughs> to go. Let's get, let's get the stadium by five. Okay. Right. Some right. and I are gonna be on the scoreboard at five forty with the preview. So make sure you're in the seats. Okay. <laughs> That's really okay. 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 So it's like I got I got a show. Um, quickly, since you know we're pushing up on it. Um, we don't have gonna, a time limit. Not really. Okay. Yeah, we just don't want to. We don't want to strict three hours. We don't want to keep yeah. you all night. So if you got to go, I, just wave guys, your hand. Guys, there's no way. I'm not leaving this. <laughs> um, we great. have more beers. Than <laughs> yeah, that's true. Anything stand out in the Big Sky this week from the games this, this past week? Obviously, mm. Eastern beats UNLV. UC Davis beats Tulsa, which is the more surprising of those two. Yeah. Um, cats were. Leading Wyoming most of the game, then lost. That's a bummer. Um, and bump, bump, bump. Um, Weber 
played Utah all right, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it, really, you know. really. They had a kick return <laughs> touchdown and they scored a garbage touchdown I mean, with two minutes left. How, but the funny, <laughs> the funny <laughs> thing is, like, but, you, yeah. You continually like usually an FBS loss shouldn't hurt you, and Weber is like the only team right in the top like fifteen or twenty that lost, and they go from like five to eleven, and they're like, "What the hell, man? Like, what do we do?" <laughs> so that was like somebody had to drop. I was like, "Oh, I mean," and they'll they'll I mean they'll hang, they'll but hang around. How but. many how many Big Sky teams are now in the top fifteen? There. Are five teams five. in the top fourteen? Yeah, and four in the top eleven. Yeah. So it's just gonna be interesting to watch this coming week. Any any games pop out to you? Oh, I, I'm all in on Northern Iowa Sac State because I feel to me going into the year like everyone had the same top four. Mm-hmm. No, it doesn't matter the order, and we just talked about the top five a little bit ago in the nation. But the top four in the Big Sky, whether whatever order you had, was Weber, Montana, Eastern, and Montana State. But to me, it's it's who's the next guy? Because yep. we have seen this guy through the last five to ten years, whether it's a byproduct of the schedule, whether it's a byproduct of we just overlooked this team because they don't get media coverage. But to me, the two biggest X factors are UC Davis and Sac State. Yeah. To me, because they don't get the love. But you know what? Stan Hawkins has said this is the best team he's coached at UC Davis. That got my antennas up. And Sacramento State was really solid. We found that out the hard way in 2019. Yeah. And they got a lot of transfer talent. So who's saying that they're not a legit team too? We just don't hear about them because they don't get the media attention and the coverage that the other four schools get. So UC Davis proved that they're a contender. But to me, Sacramento State against Northern Iowa is a true barometer test for the big sky. I mean, there's this constant debate right now about what's better between the Missouri Valley and yep. the Big Sky Conference. And we had Sam Herder on when I was on with Coulter earlier today, and Sam was still beating the Missouri Valley chest a little bit. And you got to remember, he went to North Dakota State. And he lives. Yeah, I mean, it, he lives in Missouri Sam, Valley country. Sam <laughs> is love Sam. To the I love Missouri Sam. Valley as Coulter is to the Cats. Bingo. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, keep throwing those dicks, by the way. Coulter loses sleep. I, here, uh, here's the thing, though. I, I texted him while you guys were on. I am good, thankful good. Sam Herter exists. Me For too. sure. There needs to be like 10 Sam Herters out there, guys. There I mean, yeah. but Sam, I, and I love Sam. I really do. I just, I guess the point I'm trying to make is I do feel for the first year in a long time, and they haven't proved it yet. But I feel the big sky's better than Missouri Valley. I do it feels feel like better. we got a chance from top to bottom. Yes, and from national con- title contenders. Yes, mm-hmm. like with Montana, Weber, and maybe Eastern in the mix. Like there are national title contenders and one through eleven. I mean, you think of Cal Poly; they're the worst team in the Big Sky, and they went and beat San Diego, who very well could be in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what conference they play in. That just goes to show you the depth of this league. So, um, but. I guess to answer your question, Northern Iowa and Sacramento State is a huge game for me. Because if Sacramento State wins that game, I'm yeah. done here in the Missouri Valley nonsense. <laughs> I really am. Because Northern <laughs> Iowa is supposed to be a contender and Sac State's like middle of the road. Yeah. But it will go to show me more about Sacramento State. Because they're, cause now, like we know that five teams are in the top 14. UC Davis to me is legit. Sac State's kind of that sixth team. Are they legit? And if they win... That's six teams probably in the top 20. Wow, That's yeah. pretty legit for the big sky. Boy, that'd be something. Yeah. I, I watched that UC Davis-Tulsa game. Tulsa's really bad at football this year. And I know it's <laughs> I sometimes. Know, I know, but they, but they were like second in the AAC last year, right? I get yeah. it. I get it. I that watched Tulsa, it. I watched that, Tulsa, that Tulsa, I mean. I know. 
they look terrible. They couldn't, they, uh, you know, and who knows. Stop. But Yeah, and, and honestly, I mean, and then UNLV looked even worse. You know, but um, we'll see. Yeah, it could be, it's going to be pretty wild. Dude, tell me this. Is the, an opinion on a Big Sky team changed after week one? The I think, most. I think UC Davis for me is the only one where it's kind of like, okay, you know, maybe they're capturing some of that magic that they had two but seasons But inside ago, the top yeah. four? No. Right. I no. agree. I agree. You know, the other way for me, I after the way they kind of flashed in the spring, I thought Idaho State was going to play North Dakota a little better just because they've got an offense that can put points up and to lose 35-14. It was – I was – I don't know. I was expecting a little more from my But don't you know that North Dakota, now that they're in the Missouri Valley, is like all world? Oh, yeah. That's right. I forgot. Never mind. Non- non-conference games yeah. in the next couple of years with the Grizz. That should be fun. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Uh, um, Luke, do you have the spreadsheet up? Let's go through this really fast. Yeah. I like spreadsheets. What's the spreadsheet up? Well, we just pick the conference every week. Okay. So, NAU's at South Dakota. I'm I'm saying South Dakota. Brent, what are you saying? Oh, uh, South Dakota, yeah. Luke? South Dakota. All right. Uh, Central Washington at Eastern. Eastern. Central. You I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm just not. <laughs> Eastern's going to win. Hold on, hold on. Hold For the on. record, guys, Eastern, Eastern plays at Western Illinois the following week. Mm-hmm. So oh, that, interesting. That's just be an interesting barometer. barometer. Yeah, measuring sure. stick. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so everyone has Eastern and South Dakota. Yep. South Dakota. Um, Dave, Davis is at San Diego. I feel if Cal Poly went down and won at San Diego, Davis should probably go win at San Diego. They better. How about San Diego's non-conference? They play Cal Poly, Davis, and the Cats. Big Sky Tour. Wow. They play at the Cats next weekend when the girls are on their bye. Wow. Woof. Yep. Um, Portland State's at Washington State University. Stop. I'm a Kugelum. Stop. Don't even See, I was it. just going to make a joke, but I won't because it. your heart's already Thank been pulled out. So, we'll, for, I mean, since Riley's here, I'll take, I'll take the Cougs. Portland State <laughs> put 35 points up on the mighty University of Hawaii. See, here's the thing. Like, and, and I mean this in no bad way, but WC's in a little bit of turmoil. And po- this is the game where Portland State could go win and then they not beat him go. A exactly. Years ago. And then not even be relevant in the big sky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it would help the conference. Oh, uh, yeah. Massively. It's like that Northern Colorado beating Oregon State or, or Idaho State, like winning three games and one of them there's, was against Oregon State. There's or something. no way. Washington USC State's going to win. No, I'm not After losing to Utah State, they're going to pull out no. again. You would hope. Northern Colorado goes to Houston Baptist University. You'd like to, for the strength of the league, say Northern Colorado will win, but honestly, probably not. I mean, so, I. Houston Baptist lost to New Mexico by ten. Did, can we just, really? Can we just pull this out? Did by I the way, do you guys win? know that Ed McCaffrey did not show up at media day? Yes, yeah. oh, I think we referenced this. Like, we talked about this like, in the last. Why pod. did that not get blown up? I don't know. Is he too good for the league? That's what I was going to ask. Like, well, it sure seems like it. What? Like that's. I, I heard his dad had a chemo. Therapy appointment? No, he was no. Stop it! He was on a vacation in the in overseas. That's all I'm gonna say. I don't even like the guy professionally. I don't know why. Do you like do you like visors too? Do you wear visors? With your flowing hair. No, I was just trying to make you guys feel bad. He's a dick. What's going on here? All right, I'm gonna pick Houston Baptist. Being that it's in Houston Baptist. I'm, I'm going to take Houston Baptist. I'm going to take I Houston want Northern Baptist Colorado, well. but I'm going to take Houston All right. Baptist. They're not in the Missouri Valley, so this doesn't count towards the challenge, nope. right? Yeah. 
Hold on, I need to. I'm, I'm inserting a Riley column. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Just so we can point out. <laughs> he, he call me out when we in the standings here. Thing, you know, we'll have the random okay. guests throughout the season. But he wanted Northern. I'm he right. wanted Northern. But he, <laughs> <laughs> you get a half a point That's for that. <laughs> it's like a tie. All right. <laughs> um, Idaho's at Indiana. As long as Indiana has the name of the state spelled correctly on the front of the jersey, I think they're going to win. Oh. Did you not see this? Indiana's no. a four-touchdown favorite. They had a player run out of the tunnel with Indiana spelled wrong on the front mm. of his jersey. How no does that happen? way. Let me How find it. Let happen? me find it. Let me find it. You guys go ahead and pick Indiana as well, and then I'll yeah, find the picture. Yeah, we're all picking Indiana Please here. Please, God, tell me. Yeah. No, we need – God, no. <laughs> but Idaho's – Hey, they beat Simon Fraser 68-0. And Idaho's <laughs> got this thing where they're playing three QBs. But I don't know why, like that. How do your boys? How do your boys, the tubs of the club boys? How do they feel about the vandals? Because to me, I oh my gosh, you guys hadn't seen this. Well, it could in Dinia, in Dinia. And to your question, that's the dude running out of the tunnel for the game. I think they're more realistic, maybe than they were in the spring. I want Idaho to be good too because I feel like it'd be good for the conference. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't believe they were FBS. At <laughs> I know, hey, but man, they won like, the potato bowl. I didn't want to be. <laughs> mean, but it's like, like, Should have never fired Rob Aiky. Idaho's performance in the Big Sky since they dropped back down from FBS is why I knew that Eastern would beat UNLV because it's like, like somebody was offended when we. I think it was on the pod account. I don't think it was on mine where we suggested. Oh, it was an Eastern fan. We were like, "This is an awesome win," but UNLV would be a mid-tier Big Sky Conference team. And what I did say oh, They were was, really upset about that. They were that. really yeah. upset. And I was like, well, we've already got proof of this because Idaho <laughs> was better than you guys. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, we'll come back to Western Illinois at Montana. Drake is at Montana State. So Montana State's got their easy cakewalk start to the season. I mean, Montana State's going to win that. They got Drake and San Diego the next two weeks. Hey, Drake beat West Virginia Wesleyan 45-3. to So they are oh, coming in undefeated. Oh, the cats um, have to start yeah, the cats are going to win that. The next one's Northern Iowa, Sac State. I'm going to vote with my uh, heart here for Sac State because I really would like that to happen. Okay. I'm going to go with you and I. I mean, I want Sac to win, but I was unimpressed with their Dixie State win. What was it, 19-7 to 7 or something yeah, right, like that? Right, right. I just – I don't know if Sac's got the QB. Luke? I'm going Northern Iowa too. I, I am also going to go another one. I, I was surprised by the lack of production from Elijah Dotson because I feel that Sac State's strength is obviously him. Yep. Yep. Quarterback is a huge question mark. To me, the fact that they barely beat a team that just transitioned to the FCS with, and, and we were hearing all the time about just wait for the quarterback. Well, I wasn't really overwhelmed with the quarterback. Day, so this is their moment. Yeah. If they win, it's great yeah. for the league, but. I would pick yeah. And I think, you know, reality is always stranger than fiction. It adds so much drama if Northern Iowa wins. It adds this uncertainty principle into I, the playoffs. I will say this. This is probably revealing too much about my poll, but Northern Iowa was the biggest difference in my poll than, like, where I put them compared to where they were ranked. Mm. I got them in the top 15. I do. Interesting. Guys, they were six points away from beating a top 10 FBS team. Yeah. They played with him the whole way in Iowa State. Yeah. 
But this is the same Northern Iowa playbook, where it's like they 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 always do this. They make you think at the beginning of the season that they're going to whatever, and then they lose some stupid game, and then they hang around longer than they should in the polls. Well, this they finish six and five, and they go to the playoffs. I I mean, (laughs) and Riley's voting them number (laughs) twelve. I I voted them for. I voted them like thirteen or fourteen this week. So are you allowed to put your whole poll out if you wanted to? Oh yeah. Okay. Honestly, I'm sure Craig Haley would like if I tweeted it out, but I don't. Mm. I mean, but I'm. No problem revealing it, yeah. but yeah, I. It's one of fifty, and it's it's fun. I mean, this is my first year doing it. I'm. Someone was asking me like, "Are you the only one in the country?" I have a top twenty-five vote in the FCS and a Heisman vote. There's not many. I knew you had a Heisman, Heisman vote. vote. We've talked about yeah. this. Yeah, there's only five guys I think in Montana that get one. So I mean, I get both, which is fun. I have no problem revealing it, but I'm not the one that's gonna send a screenshot and tweet it out. But at the same time, I have no problem. Trying to prove my vote. work, so to speak. Yeah, I know. So we'll get maybe we'll get on that in October, November. I'll get you guys this. Oh my goodness! Yes. Oh man, we should That's definitely exciting. do a thing around oh. that. Oh, like. <laughs> we need to kind of make this a monthly yeah. thing, especially if you guys are going to provide shitty IPAs. Every <laughs> week, dude. <laughs> Every week. I'm good. I, oh. <laughs> and you, you had it right. Shitty IPA. Um, <laughs> these guys don't like what IPAs. Are you, what are you drinking? Like three point two percent stuff over there. Uh, the Brent and Mike don't okay, like IPAs. Four point. Okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. If it gets Eight. over five, do you get a little worried? A little worried. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Calling Uber to come get me. No. Half's for 4.8. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. I don't even know what the dump That needs is. to be a poll for the Grizz Fan Pod. What is the <laughs> average percentage of beer that's acceptable? That's fair. All right. Weber State, Dixie State. Weber's going to win this game, right? Yes. Okay. But the Ooh. Sac State, Dixie State game, how much of it do you put on Sac State? How much do you say, hey? Dixie, Dixie might be okay. You- now, I'll tell you, on in the spring, on the Big Sky Big Takes, one of my, like, takes for this year was that Weber State was going to underperform and not make the playoffs. And the reason I said that was because I think that their style, unless they figure out an offense, you can only do that defensive thing for so long before it doesn't work anymore. Okay, so you're picking Dixie. No, I'm picking Weber, Ah. but I'm just saying. Like, I... I feel that Weber is close to, like, they're on the verge right now. And I don't want to be a hater or come out as a hater. But at the same time, like, I feel that they're on the verge. And they play James Madison next week mm-hmm. to where if they start one and two and then you lose a game you're not supposed to in conference, yeah. Weber's they in could trouble. be the demise. Yeah. But but this Dixie right. State schedule, Brent, okay. is insane. Ready? Okay, so they played SAC. They play Weber State. Then they go to UC Davis. Then they go to South Dakota State. And then they go to Montana. And then they host Tarleton State. They host Stephen F. Austin. Then they go to number six Delaware. And then they go to number one Sam Houston State. Dude, and then they finally play. Crap. And then they finally play Fort Lewis. Like honestly, <laughs> Tar- Missouri Tarleton State. State and Fort Lewis are That's their only two winnable games. But they are playing like there's a, there eight of their eleven games will be against top twenty five. Boy, I bet they can't wait to have a regular uh, conference schedule. No Holy, this is crap. their this is their first year moving with like the whack. It, it, right, but it's head. not. But it's not like. But it's not there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, that schedule is unbelievable. That's got to be the hardest sky. schedule in the left. Has, has to be. But it also goes to show you, like, barometer sticking in big sky schools. But you know what? Like Weber, the the whack Montana. having a separate yeah. FCS football conference is the best thing that can happen to the Big Sky, because then we've got another conference to schedule these preseason games. Number with. one, number Man. two. Let's just go a little off script yeah. here. Maybe we could kick out a few more teams. What? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> no, you let me write too. Yeah. Who would you kick out? Oh man. Northern Colorado. So. We, how about the affiliate? We did California something schools. similar to this with mm-hmm. Bryn Malloy when she still worked for the. Uh, 
Not that the I athletic like department, them. and we cut part of it out because we got her to say something <laughs> we got about one trouble. of the programs. <laughs> and she was like, "I no, shouldn't say that." <laughs> we we didn't get Brit in trouble. I had had a few whiskeys instead of beers, Whoa. and I and I started complaining about Idaho State <laughs> <laughs> to an ex, to an extreme point, and I even went back and I was like, uh, "That's a little much even for me to like the way I was like shitting all over Idaho State." And so that's not so even the worst I, thing that was cut out. That was Brit. Brin, Brin like called me. Brin called me the next day, and she's like. Can we take out that part where we were talking about Idaho State and the facilities and the team? I was like, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think it's probably the California schools. I would get rid of Northern Colorado too. I just, it's, I, they can't get somebody to pick up the games in their market. Like, I just, I get Yeah, the, the Grizz whole game's not even going to be televised there. That, well, that we know. People are going to freak out November 6th, but that, that will be the only Grizz game in a long time that won't be available. So we told, TV. we've been telling people that we'll go down and call it. All they've yeah. got to do is, I mean, we'll get down there ourselves. They just got to get us. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. You're stepping on my Whoa. a little bit here. Why don't you listen to the Grizzly Radio Network? Whoa. One game, okay? Whoa. Just, just, hey, you know what? Hey, I will throw the three of you on the sidelines. Hey, hey there we like go. Share a mic. Yep. But it needs to be the Grizzly Radio Network hey, feed. Guys. All three yep, of us with one microphone. You guys can yep. share all, it. All, uh, all, that's what we're doing. No, I feel all like your, your plan's more likely to get approved get by the big sky. Let's go. There's a seat by the bathroom in the plane that you can sit next to. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, we can do that. Uh-huh. All right. Okay, so hold on. Hold on. What I have on the spreadsheet, Mike and Riley have Weber. Okay. Against Dixie? Against Dixie. Yeah, I got yeah. Weber. I got Weber, too. Inconvincing. And who do you have? Really? Ooh. No, I'm going to go. So the only thing we've differentiated ourselves on is Mike picked. Sac State over But Northern this is Iowa. what I do. I feel like I have to change things up because otherwise it would be a boring well, podcast. And that's why I You're want to change things up and pick Dixie, but... Just like you think that Chris Brown should start a quarterback next week? Whoa! <laughs> we did not say that. Uh, oh, Mike. You, Riley! You planted, got, you planted wow. your Chris Brown flag. Wow! <laughs> I'm just telling you, Chris Nation, let's squash it, okay? Yes. Chris Brown's going to be awesome. There is no year, quarterback. There's no con- quarter- Thank you, Luke. There's no quarterback controversy this year. I have a whole conspiracy theory on this, if we want to go down this, this rabbit hole. This is one went to practice three years ago together, and you were telling me about there should be we, quarterback Chris Brown. controversy. No, Chris Brown. Well, I remember the first time I saw Chris Brown against the Cats for five years. Oh, my God. Like, this guy. He'll throw plenty of touchdowns against the Cats. I think that, A, Bobby strongly feels that Humphrey is the best leader for the team. Correct. B, I think that Bobby really likes Britt. And he doesn't want to give Chris Brown too much of a head start. So those guys got to go in, you know, on somewhat even keel for that QB competition next spring. Mike, when are you going to sell your own Nugent brand Kool-Aid? <laughs> it's like, I know we've only been doing this pod for a short time period in the, in the like, bigger picture of Grizzly football, but... I am always looking for the next QB. Like, I'm the least loyal Grizz QB guy there. <laughs> That's true. If you're a Grizz QB, Mike's I, t- I can tell you, all my years of watching practice with Mike, it's usually the backup, right? I'm always and the then, backup, but we'll bet steak dinners on and, it. And, and, and honest, I, I remember that. The I mo- remember that was some volcano. The most, <laughs> the most conflicted I saw Mike was when suddenly Dalton Sneed was pushing Gress Jensen, and I'd missed a few practices. Right, it was in the spring, and because like, 
because Gresh had played a bunch the year before, and Gresh is our guy, and Gresh, and it was like the Gresh same kind of. It was this Reese Phillips versus Gresh Jensen, because <laughs> yeah. yep. it was like because we're watching Reese, and it actually it was actually kind of a fascinating, you know, yeah. summer, where it was like, you know. Gresh has more upside, but Reese is the senior leader and blah, 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 blah. Which is but then, of course, picks. But then, you know, like, you know, Reese shatters his leg and is done for it. I still maintain they should have picked Gresh that year. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't wrong. But so then, like, the spring comes along, and here comes Dalton Sneed and Bobby Houck, and then I, you missed a few practices, and I think I, I, I can't remember what it was. Hey, I texted you, and you're like, you're like, Dalton Sneed's looking really good, and this is, I'm having a hard time with that. <laughs> okay. I was, like, excited about the new QV, but, like... No. Okay, we need to get back to the <laughs> yeah. picks. Okay, all right. The Everyone picks. picks Weber. <laughs> Cal Poly's at Fresno State. Fresno beat Cal. I think they're going to beat Cal Poly. Yeah, Fresno. <laughs> Bad. Yeah. Yeah. And then Idaho State goes to Nevada. Nevada, honestly. Oh wait. No one knows yeah. Right now. Nevada beat Cal. Nevada, I don't know who Fresno State. Nevada is like a sneaky group of five team that might sneak into the big game. Interesting. They don't like Cal was one of their biggest games. Yeah, so this is won. a four touchdown game. For sure. Is what like I, yeah. it might be. Ugly. Fresno beat Connecticut, so I got them crossed. Yeah, Nevada Connecticut Cal. should probably stop playing football. Like UConn, <laughs> UConn in the Big Sky, three and eight, four and seven. I, I mean, Man, that, which is crazy because UConn went to a Fiesta Bowl. Yeah, and it's like that's it's a school fifteen years ago, right? So yeah, and it's got school that's got such a basketball. Tr- I mean, it's like it seems like that athletic department should be able to at least field something. Well, Kentucky, I, well, yeah, who knows? All right, so Nevada. all right, is there any coin flip Big Sky games other no. than you and I Sac State? Because these are all like this is all pretty. No, dunks. this is usually how non-conference goes, though. It's like usually they're playing Massive body bag games, or so. Mike, I mean, we're gonna have the same issue either the next you week. Win the week, or I lose the week. Or you lose by one game by Sac State, <laughs> yeah. Northern Iowa. And you're gonna take Troy Taylor. What? Take Troy Taylor. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Troy Taylor. Because I want the teams that the Grizz play to have good records, so that people I would don't. love Sac State to come in here with a great <clears throat> with a good record. record. I, I still think that no matter what they do this week, that, that game will be one of the top three remaining games of coin flip. I do. I think mm. Eastern. Cats. Do we go to Davis this year? Nope. No, we, we don't play him. Play. No, don't play him. Don't play Davis. Don't play Weber. Wow. I mean, Sac State at home tough. and the Cats at home. And the, you play yeah. Easter on the road. Like the way you track things, looking forward to the playoffs. It's that send the teams that haven't played each other. I mean, it would seem like if Davis so you have to think and Weber continue on their with, winning records. This is why the conference on a crash course to meeting them in the playoffs. Tried to solve the yeah. matchup issue. Yeah. With the regional matchups, it feels like we're in a crash course for to play. Weber in the playoffs. Absolutely. Like, and Davis. I mean, if they both keep winning. If, if they make it. Davis but they'll probably, makes it, doesn't get a bye, and wins their first round game, I'm with you. They yeah. will match up Weber to come to Missoula in week two. I don't know if – I don't know if – I got to check real quick this. if Weber I plays write, I'm going to write this down because this is prophecy. I'm <laughs> telling you, I, I think it will happen. I think the Grizz – oh, man, I better stop. <laughs> all right. All right. That all right. shady is right. talking. What, what's next? All right. Mike? We got we got uh, listener questions, then we'll wrap up. Um, first, it's not ones. a peanut butter question. Again. We well, um, those come, but we have some. First, come from my <laughs> not peanut butter brother, who's a two-time UW grad, who Ooh, I was going to go to the game with, but he's a Grizz fan. You know, he was torn, and he is pumped. Like he is all in. I mean, he's yeah. a big Grizz fan. So he's all in. Um, watch the highlights again today. So he wants to know. He's got a couple questions. 
<clears throat> is it just is UM just super good or does UW suck and was having a weird day? UM super good. I I'll take it. Agree. I don't think UW is. I I will say I I I feel like UW wasn't fully prepared for what they saw. Spot on. And I think that if you look back at it historically, right, this is the fifth FCS team to beat a ranked FBS. If you go back and look at it, the other FBS teams that were ranked and lost all went to a bowl game, which means that they were not overrated, that they were still upper echelon of the FBS. Mm-hmm. And I feel Washington's in that category. Are they going to win the Pac-12? Probably not. It's probably but UCLA. to go 7-5 and five or 8-4, and four, you bet. Yeah. I mean, this is the bowl team. They're still going to go to a bowl game. So... I don't know if that's playing in the middle or not, but it's not a slouch of a win, but at the same time, like, yeah. Speaking of UCLA, <clears throat> Bobby told a, a story at QB Club of, like, getting on the plane, and he's got all these texts, and he hasn't had time to go through. Oh, space. I would love Guys, to have seen his, but he gets a text his from, phone. I got to see it. Did you see his it phone? It was pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, he name dropped, like, cool. Pat's Fitzgerald. Dude, I mean, he scrolled it, up. I would like to see his contact it. list. <laughs> like some of the names of people he heard from but one of them was chip kelly and it's like literally like he's like he hadn't time to look at school so he's like sitting next to his wife and he's like did you see how they win today and she like looks it up it's like the game just ended and they won and chip kelly is like pumped that the grizzlies beat (laughs) you dumb and bobby responds back you just beat lsu (laughs) the first thing that chip kelly did like literally, when he got to his phone after the beat LSU, was call Bobby, say nice win. That's I mean, a that, great that's story. That's insane. I mean, that's, that's cool. Wild. I that's mean, wild. there's former FBS coaches, current FBS coach, Pat, Pat, Pat Fitzgerald, Fitzgerald from was one he mentioned. Northwestern. I mean, he heard from so many different people, and just being in his office on Sunday and a little bit of Monday, just seeing it, I'm like, wow, this is kind of crazy. It's kind of yeah. cool yeah. how close. The long-term coaching, like uh, college football coaching sure. group is. Yep, Ugh. I agree. So his observation, this is going back to my brother. Yep, was that the Grizz had plenty of struggles in the first three quarters. Wait, which which brother, Jimmy? Jimmy. Okay, but was I kept Jimmy the... had more validation than the other brother, or what, Luke? No. I think Luke's just trying to keep track of my family. Yeah, he's got a big family. But but Mike has a brother who works on campus that I've run into every okay. now and again. Okay. So I want to know. Yeah, fair. So you know. All right, so his observation was the Grizz had plenty of struggles in the first three quarters, which y'all talked about. Kept expecting the, um, them to finally wear down because, in theory, UW's you know athleticism just outmatches theirs, but never happened. It was UW's defense that wore down. The Grizz were amazingly confident in the fourth quarter, and UW looked like deer in the headlights. So that's from a guy who's a Grizz fan but doesn't really pay attention. So just that observation, and he said that's pretty prevalent in his friend group right now as far as, like, people talking about it so his question is how does the final interception rank among greatest um football moments of all time (sighs) okay well you've got andy larson's kick to win 95 you've got vince huntsberger's interception to seal 2001 but again like riley like you talked about when we first started with you it's hard you get like to differentiate playoff moments right yeah um, Andy Larson in 1994 kicking a field goal in the mud to beat um, McNeese. In, you know, any I mean, App State play. I was going to say Jimmy Ferris against, the, against the, App State. The, the first time Andrew Sell to Jalen Sambrano, first and 20 in the snow in App State. I actually um, think of like Tremaine Johnson 
bats the ball away from Chris Brian Klein. Quick. It was quick. Right. Klein got knocked out. Early. And they yeah. both ended up on the Rams team together. But that was like a fourth down play, I think, or a third down play. Um, I mean, there was that Cal Poly playoff game where first Jordan Tripp blocks a chip shot field goal and then Brock Coyle in an overtime intercepts. But I think that was a playoff game. Now, I defer to you and Mike for a longer (sighs) history of these events. But I I also stipulate that, I mean, I don't have memories of 20 years before that either. So uh, you play to win the the game and you play to win the game. to win the game. Thanks, Herman. (laughs) I have to. Like, at least use the right intonation in the term. You, you play, play to win the game. game. Practice. We're talking about practice. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I'm going to change different okay, quotes now. Um, so it's like you can't – like those ones in playoffs and stuff like that, like they're probably going to etch in people's memory more. But, I mean, people are going to remember beating UW and that interception. I mean, like, like I said earlier, that call, like I think that's going to be in the top five. Top three. Yeah, I would say top three. When I mean, you, when you make the all in all, I put the that highlight. Like, I mean, regular season, well knows interception or Joey counts touchdown. Well no. Well no. Joey counts fourth and goal. I mean, I'm, I'm pl- trying to play a little bit of devil's advocate because I think well knows, but Joey counts. I mean, the seat, the stage. It was in Missoula. I'll say this: like right at at. The current moment that it happens, you can make the argument for counts. Yeah. But what we think this Grizzly team is going to do, Good point. that well-known interception is going to be more of a magnitude. This could be a thing like, yeah, say we're at this point next year, and who knows where this team goes, but say it's all the way. We're a very long way. I mean, you could say that was like the springboard moment. Because the mantra since 2018 has been RTD, and like if that is all the way back – like that was like the crucible moment of the season that started us on that path. I agree, and I and I think the counts moment is maybe more important if you're a twelve year old because it's a scoring <laughs> a touchdown. Whoa! <laughs> no, whoa! Are we gonna get James back oh, out here and ask him that? Let's wake him up. What time? Well, when James turns twelve, we'll ask him. <laughs> okay, but yeah, my, my my sense is is that you score a touchdown and that seems like the biggest moment. Yeah. But for like, if you gain a patina of sophistication as a football player, <laughs> that's a lot of big words. That is, that's a lot of big. That's words. That's a Bobby Howkline, right? Like, whoa, I don't understand that word. I'm just a football coach, and he's like a big temper math or something like that. Yeah, but you know, if you're a if you're a savvy football fan, you can't you don't differentiate between interception and scoring points, right? You just it's like this is UW rank. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree with Riley. Top three. I can think of all sorts of just cool moments. Um, you know, Ryan Bagley had an amazing fourth down diving catch against Eastern Washington in a homecoming game. 2000, Damon Parker jumps in front of, uh, what was the sack quarterback? Rudy Ray? Ricky Ray? He went on to the CFL. Yep. So, okay, so two and they, th- all they had to do was so kneel down two, in that game. 2000, that sack game. was a big underdog. Homecoming. Nice day. They had never beat us. We're going to beat the hell out of these shitty Hornets. And I, I want to say it's Ricky Ray. It was Ricky Ray. Yeah. Comes in, and they're running the option. And we just – we it was 20 nothing at the half. And then we kind of grind it back in, and it's it's late fourth. I mean, a couple minutes to go. And, he, and they're in field goal range to seal the deal. Uh, Grizz are still down, and he throws an option pitch, and Grizz corner Damon Parker grabs it. 
grabs the pitch and takes it to the house. The pitch and yeah, and the Grizz what fucking the hell win the kind game. Of weed is that? <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was that was like a that was just a, it was a dumb moment. It was like take the sack, take the loss, kick the field goal, win the game, and they you know instead we we flipped it. I mean, so I can think of a few years later, Atu Molden had a double overtime. Um, but I mean, it's again. But I think, I think, but like, I'm like trying to like grab bits of things and remember a few little things, but I still keep though, coming back to this. In a lot of those, is there big moments in games that we're Conference either expected games, to win or expected FCS, to be in, yes, right? Yes. Like the playoffs, like big things are going to happen in the playoffs. People are going to step up. So they're huge and you remember them and they're the most fun. The improbableness of, yes. you know, well now sealing that at the end of the game, like that to me is kind of the differentiator, I think. I agree. I agree. All right. Um, not a really, not a ton of, cl- not a ton of cl- questions on Twitter. Um, any chance the alcohol sales alleviate the infamous lack of third quarter home field advantage? I want your guys to take on this. You I'm, know, I'm, did you, I, did you I notice one person? A while. Did you notice a Grizz player replied to that? Former Grizz player replied no. to that? Because to me in the booth, it is maddening, and Cody. I get it. Like I get it. I mean, if I was a fan, it'd be a different scenario. But I sit there and I go, guys, there are six games a year. Your impact is immeasurable, and you're more worried about mm. maybe one getting one more than playing an impact. And that it's kind of maddening, but I also understand the other side of it. So I don't want to everyone go at me here, but yeah. at the no, same time, it's, it's like come on, like seriously. I, I think that it's a step in the right direction, and and I think what really will do it is if if this beer garden idea works out and they get to a point where they can just start serving beer at the concession stands in some fashion hopefully you know i think that that changes things what did what what's the response from a former grids player brent just uh basically saying something just like the best way to do it is don't have limits on beer sales and don't let people back into the stadium if they leave yeah i should share my off mic comment with uh, with the rest of the group, but yeah. So yeah, but no, I mean, there there is there there's um, yeah. Th- I mean, here's the, the thing: the, the notion, Brent Riley are having like a secret conversation. The, like, the, I, I, the, the notion, you guys, I'm some of you guys. The the Grizz have a, a current culture, and it's phenomenal. But I think cultures can change. Yeah, and cultures can change. Yes. Um, my sense is that our our in game atmosphere can still be phenomenal. Yes. If people don't leave at halftime, like we can have a banging pregame tailgate culture and keep people in the stadiums. And what I think the result is is a phenomenal opening third quarter. It just has to be a culture change. It does. Like people does. stay in the stadium. We're great. We have a great pre-game tailgate like every other college and professional sporting team out there and that needs to be the evolution of grizz football fandom culture i agree with that but i think people don't realize that other teams strategize throughout the week like it, it, it's hard to fathom this but i'm telling you guys out there it's a real thing whether it's coaching staff x or y or z they come together on their meetings on Wednesday and say, hey, we are going to make sure that we take the ball offensively to start the third quarter because there's not fans there. Interesting. So if you want to talk about having an impact, I'm telling you, the fact that you leave your seats in the third quarter and you're non-existent until the five-minute mark in the third quarter, 
that makes an impact. Or you if don't you, come back at all. Right. So if you want to help this team, and I'm not, this is not just me saying, hey, you need to be back in your seat, whatever. I'm just telling you that it's a real thing, that other schools feed off of that. That if you're not back in your seat and you really want the Grizz to win a national championship or you really want to make an impact, yeah. your chance is there. Get your butt back in the seat yeah. and yeah. enjoy the the third quarter of one of the six games that you get to enjoy it all year. Because I'm mm. telling you, it is part of the decision-making process for opposing teams. And that goes to show you how much of an impact you can make. Interesting. All right, second question from, from Bridger on Twitter. Same guy. Um, <clears throat> I like Bridger. Bridger the champs, right? <laughs> no, different Bridger. Okay. Yeah. I actually went to high school with this Bridger. Okay. I like them both. Yeah. I like all Bridger. Um, <laughs> The Grizz of the 2010s would almost certainly have a letdown game after a great performance. I think this team is different. Am I right? And I think we kind of talked about this. Yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right, Bridger. Yeah, you're you right. Are. We agree. There's not, like, I tried as hard as I could. Guys, for me to get that podcast out there, again, gogrizz.com slash inside the den. For me to get that podcast out there, I had to be there Sunday, Monday. Because by the time noon hit on Monday... There was no more talk about yep. Washington. Get it done. That's a true statement. Everyone in the locker room is ready to move on. They have big picture in mind. And, yes, it's easy to say, oh, it's an emotional letdown game. If you think it's an emotional letdown game, you don't know about Bobby Houck. Because the emotion that's going to be in that stadium, oof, oof. I think we all get goosebumps thinking about it. I don't think it's a letdown game at all. But, at the same time, those guys in the locker room are focused. All right, um, Luke Rounds, former player and uh, you know Chris Fan Pod fan extraordinaire, um, said I had thought we'd go nine and two this season, but now looking at the schedule, it's very possible we go eleven and all. Oh, the only game I question is Eastern Washington. What are your thoughts now that we beat UW? We've already kind of touched on this one too. The questions are kind of co- coming on the same he- same theme here. Yeah, I'm superstitious, so one game at a time. Like it makes me nervous to talk about running the table. Yeah, but I'm there too. We. If we do the right things, we should have a really special season into December. Right? Who wants to take this first? <laughs> Luke, go ahead. I, I, I don't believe in this jinx crap, okay? <laughs> yeah. Just like that time you – yeah. It's just like that time Mike into that we're going to beat the cats. <laughs> yeah. We're going to beat the cats. Dude, that was one of our best moments ever. <laughs> um, okay, so – I, I think it's just I'm a, I'm pragmatic I'm a utilitarian you know like I think that it would be a disappointment if this Grizz team didn't make a deep playoff run and one of the things that would a- enable that is to run the table now after beating UW after seeing the way our defense played and our offensive line dominated I don't see um, I don't see a loss in the schedule. And I picked the loss, you know, I picked the Eastern Washington loss away, and I picked the UW loss to start yeah, the yeah, season. Yeah. But now that we uh, beat UW, and now that I see what we have, I I wouldn't have picked the Eastern Washington loss. Yeah, I think the expectation is that we we run the table, you know, and and I I don't know why we should be afraid of that. Yeah, um, don't be afraid. To set high expectations, I know Bobby thinks he has a special team. He's told us as much, and and I believe him. All right, I've bought in. I'm sold out. <laughs> I think I can believe that we've got high expectations one week at a time. 
Yeah, I want to. I'm. I'm. I'm going to sound like Mike and just. I'm like. There's things you it's need. To, for you. You there's things you need. There's things you need to see more of. Right. Like we need to see a more. We need to see a more consistent Cam Humphrey. We need to see Isaiah Childs and Xavier Harris averaging between the two of them 100, 120 a game. You know, and, and so there's like there's more stuff we need to see because I don't think the defense is going to hold everybody we play from here on forward to seven points a game. If they do, you know book it but so like there's going to be there's going to be challenges that come up i like the way the table is set though but i mean i'm we we usually have something that sneaks up and and in a lot of cases what we've seen previously is sometimes those weird ones that sneak up and bite you in the ass steal the team together even further and then they go on a great big run so 2008 weber road loss that was totally not seen and then we didn't lose another game until we faced off in the national championship so yeah, yeah. that's yeah. a good point so we'll see there's something there's more stuff i want to see like if we would have if we beat washington 35 to 7 I'm, i would have bought a plane ticket to frisco that, <laughs> that goddamn night wait, wait you haven't bought one yet <laughs> not yet <laughs> if we would have been 35 to 7 are you kidding me yeah. like Easter on the road are you gonna buy one yes <laughs> i'm buying one Fan pod out there. You know, I what? haven't been Come to a on. national championship game. Don't ask Mike these questions because you can't put this aura the, on top of Mike. <laughs> I've been to Chattanooga. On the road. <laughs> Mike got like delayed. I've never, yeah, I've yeah. never been to a national championship game. <laughs> it's like planes, game. trains, and automobiles yeah. coming back. <laughs> All right. Um, which GFP member broke down and decided to just love blading? Luke. That was Luke. The only rational place to blade is on campus, where you can blade freely. So I'm taking this one for the team. If anyone on the GFP is blading, it's going to be me. And I've got adductor strength. I'll tell you what. I could blade all day. All right. Silver Tip Nation is another one. Also, taking the Grizz out of it, if the mascot animals of every Big Sky team were put in a battle to the death, which one would win? So I looked this up. And I'm going to go down the list and read this off to you guys. It actually makes me realize how pathetic the actual mascots are in our say, conference. Is it even a question? Cal Poly Mustangs. No. Eastern Horses. Horses. What? Eastern Washington Eagles. No. Eagles, no. Idaho Vandals. Some, you know. Okay. So you have 12 Vandals. Gonna... Sacramento 12. State. Hold on, hold on. So, so the, the hypothetical is really that you have. Is it no, individual? 11. So you have a horse against, like, 11 a horses? Norseman, right? <laughs> No. I like to imagine there's 11. 11. <laughs> 11 grizzly bears? Hey, you need... but, so, but what they're saying is the, right. the grizz are out of the picture, though. Pick the grizz up and take them out. Oh, Who's left? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super All right, 11 yeah. eagles, though. Would you take 11 eagles over 11 mustangs? I would. No. Eagles would just come down and dive bomb. I think the point is neither of them are going to win. Like like the mustang actual like documentary, like eagles are like... Like, Eagles a, are like the rats of the horse, sky or something, right? right? They're like scavengers. Okay, okay, okay. Who so wins? we're working, we're working our way down. <laughs> so then we add in the Sacramento State Hornets, a bunch of bees. Are they killer hornets? Are they murder hornets? They don't say. Uh, okay, so UC Davis. So now we got more horses. Um, Idaho State Bengals. Bengals is a good one. Bengals. Montana State Bobcats. No. Uh-uh. I think no. a Bengal beats a Bobcat. Northern Arizona Lumberjacks, they'd have an axe. 
But could it could a lumberjack beat a Bengal? No. I wouldn't. I would if you're like Luke <laughs> swinging a bat at a Bengal. It's you versus a Bengal. <laughs> right here, we got another dump truck for you, buddy. Okay. Uh, so then, Portland State Vikings, Northern Colorado Bears, but they don't like differentiate their bear, right? So is this like a little? Is this like a black bear? Like a little like like a. Hundred hundred pound oh, little bear. bear. We know that they're not grizzly bears because that case law has been settled. Yes, good point. UCLA uh, tried to you know <laughs> yeah, right. that goes steal way that back. way back, and so Montana fought it. You have to say they're the average bear, which is not yogi. As tough so it's as a yogi. Bear. So it's like less than yogi. <laughs> they're they're picnicking. They're, yeah, smarter so it's than boo-boo. the average bear. It's not yogi. It's boo boo. Uh-huh. All right, Weber State Wildcats. No, Southern Utah Thunderbirds. Now, what's a Thunderbird? See, now that's a thing. So, like, Thunderbird in Missoula is a hotel. <laughs> Listen, think, chlamydia is going to kill them all. <laughs> the hot tub, the Thunderbird. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Oh, man. For the record, that could be this is all satire, and yeah. don't sue us. The Thunderbird would be happy if chlamydia is all they're spreading. <laughs> oh my God, I just got us out of it. And you got us back in. <laughs> so, you, but you've got groupings, right? Like you've got birds, you've got cats, and you've got horses, and you've got bugs. Can I answer this? Yes, go ahead. Who the hell cares? <laughs> it's, well, it's the Bengals. It's the Bengals. It's the Bengals. Next the, question. My, my sense is that the Silver Tip Nation cares. The <laughs> Eagles, the Eagles gave them five minutes. Could swoop <laughs> down and murder a lot of things, but cats and birds. We know cats like murk birds all the time, and a Bengal would would. I'm just, thinking, I think the Bengals kill yeah, an eagle. Right. But that's. I mean, that's the other thing. Like then you add Montana and it's a grizz. Mike doesn't want to talk about this anymore. Mike, All right, that's Mike's it for Twitter. Any anything good on Eagles? No, I'm just anything good. Ooh, on ever Eagles. since I mentioned chlamydia, Mike's been uncomfortable. Okay. I'm trying to move on so we don't get sued by any more local businesses. Um, okay, so I'm gonna go through a bunch of these because I feel like we talked about a lot of these, okay. but I want to recognize what the question was asked. So PDX Grizzly asked a handful of questions. Such you, as, by the way, hold on. Do you guys know all these guys behind their Twitter handles? Or we know a handful. We know a handful. We know a handful. Them, but yeah. No. Like you can put a face to the name. Well, just a few of them. We can put faces. I mean, uh, like some of them come into my tailgate and introduce themselves. So I, I, I'd like I to know a handful. Them. Yeah, I would. I'm just curious if you some of them are okay. completely mysterious. Yes, yeah. some are totally mysterious. Uh, so PDX asked us like when we knew we were the when we knew the Grizz were going to win. We've talked about that. Uh, plenty of talk on Cam Humphrey. I think we've done plenty of that. Uh, reaction to Hicks Onu's hit that flipped the wide receiver upside down. I mean, I, I think we kind of that was him. kind of the same moment. I feel that like the offensive lineman when Bobby had that moment of hey yeah. we're ready to compete. Like I felt the same way from the defense that when Omar flipped that flipped Giles Jackson over. It's kind of like hey yeah. we're ready to play. We're not yeah. backing down to you guys. So I kind of feel the same regarded that. Yep. Yep. We get him Grizz asks us about what a win like this does for Montana. We've gone pretty deep in that. But he did also follow up with how badly did we beat up on those 50 10-year-olds after the win on Saturday? <laughs> <laughs> we were asked the week before, you know, fighting, what was it, 50 10-year-olds or 10 50-year-olds? Which would you do? And you guys said 50 10-year-olds? We did, and then we James did. threw down and right. suggested we couldn't beat some of his friends. <laughs> Uh, Everett Grizz, Mike, is wondering how Pod Dog celebrated the victory. Well, he was happy Riley came. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, how, what time did you guys go to bed Saturday night? Um, well, I was camping with some buddies 
so it was late. I, I had actually some whiskey. <laughs> like, like how late? I think it was two in the morning. Okay. Two, come on, Brian. Uh, I think I looked at my phone. I think I still sent a text at two twenty in the morning. But I took I first took this liquid RX stuff for the first time. Lifesaver. Liquid RX. Yeah, that sounds some Costco sells. Shady. I I don't Brent's remember. Not pass this I closed the, the bars down. <laughs> Good. And it was so fun. <laughs> oh, we, we got back at about 1.30. And not that you know, we were raging for it, but we were like, God, it'd be great to have a drink and celebrate. <laughs> it, was, it was so fun. Like, randomly, just you randomly, want to enjoy that. the bars would go like, ole, ole, ole. And then, like, the Montana Grizzlies. It would just break out in the oh bar God, for no so great. explainable reason. And <laughs> it, was, it was wonderful. Nice. Um, okay. Luke, a specific question for you. Would you rather have unlimited beer for five years? I'm going to change this a little bit because Everett was unaware of this. Or your, or your own yeah. personal laser tag facility. The original question was Missoula Zone, where people pointed out Missoula has a laser tag facility. And it's for sale. So, hey, for all those out there. So technically. Sweating. Yeah. This is a love. lot of pressure. I, I love laser tag. I will. Okay. Decision. No, I've actually only played it once. But following the one time I played laser tag, I had two dreams the next week about it. Was it because you beat Brit and Mike so bad? No, I wasn't there. I finished. You did beat me. I finished number five overall. And you can pick a a name for yourself. And I was the White Walker. <laughs> oh, Lord. And I beat a, I beat all of our friends and a bunch of eleven and twelve year olds. Um, I would probably say free beer because I drink beer way more than I play laser tag. But listen, dude, I I'm thinking about buying laser tag now that I know it's for sale. Yeah. All right, Luke, okay. Luke is buying the um, full we disclosure. we full <laughs> We pointed out to Eagers that we had to push our recording over for a night because Luke, you had a couple drafts, and so Everett did add some advice saying if he's still available in the third round, you should get McCaffrey. Third pick. Okay. CDA Grizz has a question. Um, you get to pick one of two options. The Grizz go undefeated this season and win the national championship, but you have to get a Go Bobcats neck tattoo featuring the white-bearded Bobcat logo. I'm going to turn this to the oh, group so no. we see the Bobcat logo, right? Uh, it has to be visible in business settings. <laughs> you can never get it altered or removed like this, but it says go on top and Bobcats underneath right on your neck. Or, or, oh, oh, he adds, it has to be from an amateur tattoo artist in the backseat of a 1992 Camaro, and the dude has been drinking heavily since Earl Solomson, yeah. Solomson got canned. No, I, went to, <laughs> I went to high school with a guy like this. Oh, <laughs> or two, the Grizz lose the Cats and miss the playoffs. Oh, <laughs> God. Option one. Oh, Lord. Dude, I would take it. How long do I have to keep it? They'd win the Natty. Since forever. Right? But yes. they'd win the Natty. See, it. if, like, it was publicly known, like, you did this for the team, like, this was your contribution to ensure that it happened. Easy. <laughs> Easy choice. This would be it's tough. the only way I could continue working with Bobby. 
<laughs> if I got it. So, I mean. But then you'd have to hear about it every day. <laughs> but I. But I Riley, what's on your neck? The only reason we won it is because I sacrificed. <laughs> this is a necessary look, condition. I, I did this. Yes. <laughs> oh, my god. And gosh. he never has to look at my I, neck. So oh, okay, Lord. you know what? That's tough. That's a really good one. CDA? CDA. He, th- these are his questions. Yes, this is where he gets us. Is it only one season we're, we're where we lose sure the Cats and miss the playoffs? Yes. We're pretty sure CDA is an attorney. Is that right? Yes. I think so, yeah. He writes pretty tight contract law for us. And we've got, CDA, we always were finding technicalities. <laughs> so, yeah, when, when the Thunderbird sues us, would you help us out? <laughs> <laughs> That's a <disappointment>. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we have one from Montana Parlay. Oh God! Yeah. Uh, let me hang on. I might have. Well, wait. You haven't answered the question. Tattoo or no? I would do the tat. You do it. Listen, Luke's in. My body is. My, a I mean, if Luke's doing the tat, rather doing the tat. I mean. Yeah, we're, we're getting in. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. we're all doing it. We're all doing it. Son of a gun. <laughs> We've waited twenty years for all right. the CDA. Yeah. We're doing it. Yeah. So, uh, question on Western Illinois, which is uh, how many interceptions do you think we'll have? Because they're going to throw it. They're going to put in the air 40, 50 times. Over under two and a half. Go. I think three. Over. Yeah, that uh, Cody Cleave here says over under is three. I'm gonna say Ooh. two. I'm gonna yeah. Um, uh, question kind of what we talked about just some of the stuff with uh, you know roughing passer penalties I think we already touched on that a little bit and I do believe that um, oh Putter asks I'm going to spin this a little differently maybe Riley have you heard this has Bobby had any conversations with the coaching staff at Bemidji State in the last few days oh my god okay now we, I was going to ask him this at QB Club but we ran out of time I promise this is not normally a broadcast tease <laughs> but I promise you because I have sat in Bobby's office on Monday and I mentioned this to him and this is the tease listen to the coaches show because I we are going to have half a segment about Bemidji State so I will say you need to Listen to the coaches show. I'm in. Well, he made so he made some offhanded comment in the press for sure. But here's the thing: if you listen to it, (laughs) no, oh, and he 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 quantifies it. Yeah. He wasn't no. trying to throw any not, program under the it's bus. It's not a belittling thing. It's a no. they're a D two program. It's I mean, the point. Yeah, people are sensitive. But here's my part. Where was Bemidji State when we wanted to play an opponent in the spring? <laughs> they weren't coming. Come on. You want to come over here? Come on over. Good point. Let's go. I had to Google if that was I was going to say, program. how many people know Name their Bemidji mascots. State? Go. Owls. Beavers. Oh. The Beavers. I thought the maybe mid- it was going to be the Bemidji State like Butthurts. Simon Fraser. <laughs> they're a hockey school. Yeah. They're a hockey school. So that will be talked about. Tyler Hobbs, former Grizz yeah. D lineman, uh, is uh, his wife Grizz golfer, but from Bemidji. Really? And so I texted him that clip, and uh, apparently it was a pretty hot topic. And we fired him up. They're a pretty good program. I did look this up because I was writing questions. Well, the their coach coaches are like tweeting at Bobby. Hey, is like, what the hell? <laughs> Five straight winning seasons. So good job, Beavers. You're great. But if you want to come over here and saddle up, go right ahead. And still, Bobby's point was proven correctly. Yeah, yeah. Bemidji State is not Washington. It wasn't a negative. It was an analogy. It was well, a... the the reporter that asked the question was trying to dumb down the win over Washington, and Bobby, for good reason, was saying, "No, no, no, no. We're not doing that. This is different. Mm-hmm. This isn't." And it could you could have inserted three hundred schools there. It just so happened to be Bemidji, Bemidji State. State. Bemidji State. Whatever. I mean, whatever D two or D three school you wanted. He was just making the point that this is not normal. This is not what college football is used to so it's funny it, and i believe it is the power of social media right and it's the only way this thing's blown up the way it has but 
Hell, I'd love to see Bemidji State come here for a non-conference game. It'd be a great story. It would be. I don't really support playing D2s, so. I mean, I get that. I get that. If they want to move up to FCS, they can come. Okay, Mike, I have a question for you. Okay. This is from Montana Parlay. Okay. What's Montana Parlay's succession rate? Terrible. Terrible. I think I know who Montana Parlay is. Montana Parlay is a degenerate gambler who... um, is a great guy, okay. but I worry that he spends too much money gambling. Okay. I, I think I might know who Montana Parlay is, but neither here nor there. You might not. Yeah. You might. Well. Yes. Huh? Yeah. Guy. yeah, I was yeah. going to say. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I know, I know exactly uh, okay. They, yep. they share an uh, area of the state. We might have went to the same elementary school. Oh. Degenerate this uh-huh. guy. Is. Uh-huh. I know right. his brothers too. By the but way. he asks us <laughs> he asks us from a gambling perspective, if I had the Grizz money line, would I have wanted the Grizz to go for the T D with three minutes left instead of <laughs> kicking the short field goal <laughs> to go up six? Okay. What did you guys think in the moment? So okay, I, I mean here's the thing though. We are not degenerate gamblers. And I think that one of um, the f- like the biggest pitfalls average fans have is second guessing professional coaches <laughs> on their in game decisions. <laughs> See, I a hundred percent wanted to go for it, but in retrospect, oh, come on. they should have kicked the field goal. It was the right decision. But the way the defense, but that's was I'm, playing, I'm making Luke's that's point. A difference like, that's, of thirty five yards. Yeah, if like you kick that field goal, you make Washington go to the end zone. Oh, I, I guess I was talking about the, the later field goal when we we got oh really the Messias close. where he missed it. No, that was the shortest field goal. Yeah, like yeah. twenty-three or, yarder. Yeah, okay. but what I'm saying is that, that made it field a six goal point made game. it a, yeah. a, where it made it where they had no. To it was the right call, but that's I'm, I'm making Luke's point. Like we all sit here in the moment, like oh my god, they should have went for it. But no, I get it. Oh yeah, <clears throat> and I thought it was a great call kicking the fifty-yard field goal to try and win it. Here's the thing: if you're, <laughs> if you're laying Montana money line <laughs> against UW, I against mean, UW, that's what fifteen to one, ten to one, right? Like what was well, the, I don't even know. Yeah. I mean, I feel like. There's enough things happening in your life where you need to buy a mirror and look in it. All right. <laughs> I'm not calling this guy out by name. Yeah. Oh man, parlay. That's funny. You That's you funny. asked for as it. A, right? as a, yeah, you're a straight gambler, and you bring a lot to the gambling landscape. But um, all I want to know is, did he really take Grizz money line? Um, did, who knows? Did, no, he would know. He, he would he never know. Bet on the Grizz to do something good. He's, Except he's bet on the Grizz against the Cats as a, out of a superstition before. He's really cagey about the bets he actually makes. So we'll see. I don't know. All right. It's all an act. Yeah. It's all an act. Mr. Blank Blank. Yep. I know you. <laughs> <laughs> Any other Must questions, have. Brent? Nope. That's all we got. Oh, all right. Oh, man. I think that's it. You guys have anything else you want to talk about? This is fun. This is great, and it stayed nice. I don't know how many more we can do outside before we have to go back inside. But it stayed nice. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Riley, thanks for joining us thanks, and dude. giving us more time than you thought you could. Hey guys, That's fantastic. I mean, this is awesome. This is what it's all about. <laughs> like, I love it. You guys love it. This is. I mean, hey, you had some shadies for me too. I mean, that didn't hurt whatsoever. But no, <laughs> we will. We will uh, we'll make this more of a regular occurrence. I absolutely love it, and. Uh, Grizz Nation is why we all love this, right? I mean, Absolutely. there is care and interest in all of it. And I I think we're all, I mean, despite all the last, what, hour and a half, two hours, whatever this is, 
there is buzz around this program. Absolutely. And it is going to be a fun ride. We get a front row seat at it, and I, anytime time allows, I'm more than happy to jump on. This is awesome. Nice. Excellent. Nice. Awesome. Well, we appreciate it. Um, we haven't picked a game, so real quick, <laughs> Western Illinois is winning. Luke? Grizz is winning this game. Excuse me, Grizz are winning. Did you just say Western Fuck. Illinois is I winning? I just might have changed the whole season. Oh, my God. Grizz are winning. Yep, Grizz. Should I make a note and should we edit that out, Mike? No, no. I think we should. First time we've ever edited yeah. something on the Grizz fan pod. We'd, but every listener would not believe that I picked Western Illinois in this game. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a good point. That's a really good yeah. point. Grizz. What's their mascot? Leathernecks. 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 All right. First non-military institute to have their own specific nickname since 1921. There you go. Fun fact. Man, someone started to do their homework. <laughs> All right. Hey, guys. I have the Grizz winning as well. Thanks, Mike. C- come on. No, whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. <laughs> we are That's not even. Practice. No, no. Give me a number. Let's go. Come on. I'm not. I, I can't officially. Let's 42 go. Seven. Give me a number. Let's go. Final scores. I, I had a little. I had a little tighter because I, I said 38-21, Chris. Couple, just a couple weird little deep shots, you know. Thirty-nine, seventeen. Thirty-nine. How do you get thirty-nine? Safety. Yeah. <laughs> right. I think I, I. I mean, I think we're gonna see some weird stuff. I like it. All right. Got nothing else. We will see you Saturday night. Check out Riley's podcast, Inside the Den. Good stuff. You can find it on gogris.com or anywhere you find your podcasts. GoGrizz.com slash QB Club. It's well worth it. I think that's it. Anything else, Luke? Nope. Right? Good. Riley's good. All right. Go Grizz. Fight on.